What's up, everything? Don't let the doldrums of the hockey offseason get you down, because we're back to tell you all you need to know about the greatest sport in the world. After discussing some blues news and league rumors, we'll move on to our main event, a lengthy discussion about the Metropolitan Division with our friends over at the Broad Street Bully Podcast. It's a Rocky Balboa kind of day here on the Two Guys No Cup Podcast, so let's get started and let's go the distance. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Two Guys No Cup podcast. We are coming to you live from the top of the steps of the Philadelphia Museum of Art, dancing around to Gonna Fly Now, just like Rocky himself. Gonna Fly Now, written, of course, by the fabulous Bill Conti, who is famous also for directing the music of the Academy Awards a record-setting 19 times. How are you doing tonight, <laughs> Ian Conti? <laughs> I feel like I'm staring at a live version of wikipedia right across from me airing down the barrel of the 45 which is not a song bill conti wrote because he would not be associated with that god-awful garbage Mm-mm. um we <laughs> have a great show ahead we're excited for the interview we recorded with our friends over at the um Broad Street Bullies podcast. Good God. My brain's already broken. Um, And we've got some other fun little news and notes to get to. But we're going to kick it off with a little, uh, little discussion proposition for the listeners. Not like a proposition proposition. That's illegal in the city. I'm on my knee. (laughs) But um, our friend Garrett Kochner reached out on Twitter. and asked if maybe we were interested in doing uh, a podcast fantasy hockey league, which we thought was a, a very good idea. Um, but the problem with fantasy hockey leagues is you need people to do this. So if you are listening to this right now and you are interested in joining a fantasy hockey league with myself and Ian and Presumably, Garrett, who none of you know, and other listeners of this show, um, just reach out to us on Twitter, just Mm. add us or message us, and let us know that you're interested. We'll keep tabs. Uh, We would love to do this. I think it'd be a fun way for us all to interact a little more during the season. And I will say right now that if this gets done and you win the league, we will have you on the podcast to let you gloat. That's mm-hmm. the kind of... I mean, it'll be one of us winning, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm sorry. It's, um, but, yeah, depending on the number of, of uh, people who are interested, we can get that started. You and I can co-manage a team if there's an overwhelming amount of interest and we need one more slot. Uh, but, again, we can't do it if we don't have people so if you if you think you're interested but you know you're one of those people who's like i'll see if there's any momentum Mm. before because i'm one of those people let us know right away because then we can actually do it and get it started jump in head first and x amount of people one league a fantasy (laughs) hockey league (laughs) is what we'll call it i'm sure it's ruining rules right off the tongue it's gonna shoot up the leader you'll love it people love it um 
So, yeah, uh, Ian and I have a little fantasy hockey experience. We're very good, and you should be intimidated by us. Mm-hmm. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, we're I'm middling to we're, bad. We're, we're okay at best. So mm-hmm. it would be a lot of fun. we really love to do it. So please do let us know if you're interested, uh, and if we can get it started, we will. Um, let's move into some league news, of which there is not much. Um, there are only <laughs> We're two. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, there are only two significant signings to report. Ryan Ellis of the Nashville Predators signed an eight-year deal valued at six point two five million dollars per season, which caused me to say, "What?" <laughs> um, this eight years to me. Wow, I don't know. I like Ryan Ellis. I think he's good, but eight years good? I know you probably do that. You get the dollar value down a little bit, but is it worth it, Nashville? Is it worth it, Peter Laviolette, who is the best GM in hockey, bar none, according to people? Mm-hmm. So uh, what do you think about the Ryan Ellis signing Ian <laughs> Peters? <laughs> Thanks, computer. Standing in for <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> It's fine, but eight years is the problem. I mean, the money should presumably be okay for a guy that's playing top four minutes on mm. your defensive pairings. Um, I think, let's see, he's maxed out at 38 points thus far in his career. That's fine. That's 16 goals in that season. That was 2016, 2017. That was the, what, that was the season they went to the finals. Um, that's fine offensively. I think he's a pretty good, decent uh, two-way defenseman, but eight years... He's 27 right now. When that's over, he'll be 35. Presumably, if they don't, you know, trade him beforehand. <laughs> Presumably, if, if he, he makes it that die. far, um, shave that beard. That's God will know. be 35 in eight years. Gross. <laughs> and we, it's mentioned later by and our, our guests. NHL careers will be over. <laughs> <laughs> it's mentioned later in this podcast by our guests, but you have to We're wonder. We're assuming, since that chronologically comes after this, yeah. there's no way we could know. <laughs> yeah, I've never, we haven't spoken to them yet. <laughs> but you wonder if there might be some buyout trickery that gets added into the uh, next CBA, so some of these eight-year contracts end up you know, being bought out eventually. Mm. I don't know. It's Like I said, it just seems like a lot of time, a big commitment to somebody. There have been enough eight-year deals this summer that make me wonder if that's already in the planning. Yeah. We had the Gibson signing last week mm-hmm. for eight years. It's just, it looks weird. It looks yeah. funny. The same way they signed the Parise and Suter front-loaded contracts right before the... Oh, yeah. You know, right before the CBA ended, or flipped over uh yeah i mean it, it's fine he's a great player but i just the length of it is all brady kachuk signed his entry level contract uh which i still don't think quite ends the speculation of whether he'll play in the pros or not mm-hmm. next year um has he, he ruled out committed college? to college okay or initially i yeah. don't know i think bu maybe um Or did he play there last year? He may have played. Well, I guess he would have been too young. Anyway, we're obviously very knowledgeable about Brady Kachuk. Mm, We did our research. Uh, (laughs) Because the Ottawa Senators are so captivating. (laughs) Um, Obviously, Ottawa would love to have him. And if I was Brady Kachuk, I would start the clock on how quickly I can get out of Ottawa as soon as possible. (laughs) So maybe that's the appeal for him. But I'm sure another year of seasoning wouldn't hurt him. I think Matthew for all his years and years of 
was wise elderly brother response or uh experience i think matthew wanted him to stay in college a little longer go back to college start college uh look at a college smell the smells of a college campus (laughs) whatever uh i think matthew wanted him to go back i don't know what keith wanted um (laughs) and who cares (laughs) but uh yeah in any case he signed his elc which more likely than not means he'll play for the Senators next year. And God knows they don't have anybody else, so he might as well. Uh, any thoughts on that? None. Good. <laughs> I uh, hope he makes the Senators or at least make it kind of interesting. I mean, he'd make it if he gets on the team, you know, if shows up, I'm assuming. But it would just make another interesting storyline for that team that's already crazy. Yeah, agreed. Um, Dylan Larkin signed. Hate him. You do. You have a special nursed passion. I have a blood feud with him. Um, that stems from us being a subpart fantasy hockey folks. Yeah, so exactly. Exactly. Um, he signed a five-year deal for $30.5 million, $6.1 million a season. Honestly, I think this is pretty good. Um, I think with Larkin, you may have wanted him to prove it for another year if you could have afforded that, but the Red Wings really don't have anybody else, so they might as well give Larkin the money. Exactly. Like when you're a bad team, you have—I mean—you still have the same amount of cap room, cap space. Everybody else, you just kind of have to pay somebody. Yeah, and they've got the new arena. They want to pretend they have stars mm-hmm. to bring people to it. You can have Dylan Larkin as a kind of holdover as your team gets better. You mm-hmm. know, I don't think they have anyone necessarily that I think is going to propel this team to greater heights right now that i can see but he could then be that's weird to say now but kind of the older player you know the guy in his prime or leaving his prime when this team starts to turn around and get better Uh, yeah and 6.1 million certainly isn't that high a commitment they they avoided the really long-term deal with only five years and i think he probably i think he has a contract year left so it'll probably be you know, he'd signed for six more years, but this contract extension will kick in the following season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't really have a lot else to say about that. I just think it's a nice, responsible extension. You know what? I'll, I'll go out on a limb, and maybe if I'm allowed to, I'll draft him this year. Okay. I'll give him another chance, a third chance. I'm giving him more chances than he <laughs> deserves on my team. But hey, it's worth something, you know? He's got to get a shot somewhere. Uh, <laughs> a humble kid from humble beginnings in some place in Canada. No, Waterford, Michigan. I knew that, obviously. He's an American, <laughs> of course. A Detroit boy. Okay, well, I did not ever know that. You would think they would have made a bigger deal out of that. So Detroit dropped the ball. <laughs> so They were not hot and ready. They were not. <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> Applause for you, sir. Our first sponsor... <laughs> Little, Little Caesars. Caesars. Pizza, pizza. <laughs> but not pizza, pizza like Canada pizza, pizza, because that's a different pizza, pizza than this pizza, pizza. <laughs> Why are they allowed to be called pizza, pizza? I don't know. I don't understand, but it's better than Pizza 73 or whatever. So, is that guy... So, let's go on a 10-minute no. riff about Canadian pizza, chain. So... Little Caesars has like a little Caesar guy, mm-hmm. and he says pizza, pizza. Yeah. But when I was a kid, I thought he was like a caveman, mm-hmm. and those were the only words he knew, kind of like "ugh" or whatever. Mm-hmm. He said pizza, pizza. Yep. 
And that's a story. <laughs> the end. And that's the moral of the story. Uh, yeah, I can see that. He looks. He doesn't look really Roman. He looks kind of caveman. I mean, I know like, he is supposed yeah. to be Caesar, but he looks like Ziggy. What's? That's exactly <laughs> right. Who wants pizza? You would have think. You would think if it was Caesar, he would have said A two pizza. Or that's something what I'm like thinking. That. Like say something in Latin. <laughs> there you go. Or. Uh, Say something in Latin for me. Uh, Vinny Vidi pizza or something. You know, he's a lot of options. Yeah, here, but, do anything. Um, but you failed, Mike Illich, and now you're dead. <laughs> 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 he was like 92, oh, so I don't forever. feel terrible. I feel a little terrible. Rest in peace. And speaking of people that feel terrible... It's uh, Kirby Reichel, because he's been traded again, I think, uh, this time to Montreal, which is awful for anybody, in exchange for Hunter Shinkaruk. Uh, he's also been traded before, I, I think believe. so, yeah. Um, I want to say Reichel was in Columbus at one point, and Shinkaruk was in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in any case... Um, just a little, I mean, a minor deal for two kind of disappointing prospects. It would be like if we traded Dimitri Yaskin for I don't even know who. For somebody else's equivalent of Jordan Schultz. <laughs> well, what, they were both drafted in the first round in 2013. Uh-huh. Haven't really... They've both played in the league for the last couple of years, but not regularly. Mm-hmm. Just very low amounts of games. I, I think it's another thing of like trying to see if maybe another trade the second trade the third trade gets a fire lit under their butt or changes the scenery they're running out of time yeah 2013 doesn't sound like it was a long time ago but as far as drafting somebody it is an eternity ago yeah speaking of uh what's his name with the face Jordan Schmaltz. Schmaltz. And he was yeah. 2012 oh god it's over for you Jordan he's just, not a prospect just hang him up do we have that man signed yet no, I think he's just gone. Okay, I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> like, um, what a what a waste of an asset, though. Yeah, I feel I like you get something for him. I feel like we. I mean, he's an RFA, so we could trade him still. Yeah, okay. get a pick. I don't know. That'd get be a sixth yeah. round pick and deal with it. I would give him. I would let him go play with Nick. I don't even care. Like he's so insignificant to me that I wouldn't even care if we traded him to Chicago. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, no offense, Jordan. I know you're a longtime fan. I'm sure you've got a bright future ahead of you. <laughs> I want to believe some of our listeners believe it when we say this guy's a longtime listener, <laughs> but they don't. Um, <laughs> speaking of things that we don't believe, see, I'm just running on the transition roller coaster here. Uh, Elliot Friedman is reporting that the Eric Carlson trades are once again heating up, which we do believe that part. Uh, but him, then he says that Vancouver has stepped in to the mix to see if they would be a good fit. And I don't understand it. Cool. I realize <laughs> that Vancouver has a, a brighter future uh, than maybe I think they do because they've got, you know, Elias Peterson and uh thatcher demko and obviously brock besser and bo horvat and some good Mm. young players and more good prospects on the way but i just don't understand their game plan and jim vinning not so good i mean i guess he (laughs) drafted some of those players so he deserves some credit but oh my goodness i don't understand like his handling of a roster he also signed erica branson for some reason and uh um 
the two Antoine Roussel mm, and uh, Jay Beagle. Jay Beagle, yeah, exactly. So stock up on those third, fourth line players. Yeah, third would be being generous. Do you believe Eric Carlson is a fit for the Canucks? No, I mean not at all. Right? Okay. I mean it'd be fun, but there's no way. I read also a little blurb today that said Carlson is most interested in signing with an American team. Like I think as opposed to a Canadian team, not like a specific American team. I didn't read why that was. Probably taxes. Or maybe he loves mm. America. <laughs> I was gonna say our president, but I didn't want to get a heated political <laughs> started. So Um I believe that was reported by our own Andy Strickland, Wasn't who really? I don't know what connection he gets. he gets like a scoop, like a real scoop. And I'm like, but Andy, you're a humble St. Louis reporter. I mean, you're cool. But Andy, you also bother players' families in the crowd when they're playing. That's they're true. like, what do you think of Robbie Fabry and his broken ACL, Fabry's dad? Nah. And he's not good he's openly weeping and he's like oh it doesn't sound so good over here jk back to you uh, thanks andy for a period <laughs> no. uh, if you don't get that reference you don't want to um anyway so yeah you think the canucks make no, no sense for eric carlson we like talk- i think the canucks make no sense for eric carlson yeah i don't think i don't know maybe it doesn't end up on a on a Canadian team, because if you go through it, Vancouver doesn't make any sense. What is Edmonton going to give up for Eric Carlson? I mean, that'd be cool, but what are they going to give up? Calgary, I don't think it's like a Connor good fit. Connor McDavid, straight up. Yeah, just straight. Wow. No, but wow. <laughs> uh, Winnipeg, that they just don't have the space. Montreal, like, I guess, maybe. You know what, why not? Put Let Montreal trade for him. Have like a Weber Carlson pairing. I don't know if they play the same side or not, but like just to have that on your back end, that'd be kind of cool. The, Eric Carlson can't play center though, which is what Montreal really needs. So it'd just be another great move by uh, their great GM over there and filling a something, you know, a void that they don't actually have. Oh, Mark we need more defensemen. Bergevin. I know. I was blanking. I was like, it's French. I was gonna give it to you because I wanted to say it anyway. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what team's a real great fit for Carlson. I think it's Vegas. I think Vegas. Dallas. Dallas, Dallas was always would an be open a good one. fit, but they have Quingbert. Like, do they need another defensive or offensive defenseman? I guess Eric Carlson. Tampa. Needs. I mean, th- Tampa doesn't need him. No. But that was like a rumor for a while. Is he a right-handed? I believe so. Because they already have, uh, well, both McDonough and Hedman are the same hand. I think it's left-handed. Mm-hmm. And they don't have anyone on either of their levels that's right-handed. So that would make sense. Hedman and Carlson would be, oh my god, that would be the best defensive pairing maybe of all time. Um, but, yeah, uh, I don't know who's a good... I do think Vegas makes sense for him. That'd be cool. Um because they need a, like a star still if they want to keep being They already them. have a Carlson that's a star down there. You're right. And will remain a star in perpetuity. Yeah. Will shine brighter than Eric Carlson ever did. Post hoc, ergo, propter <laughs> and so on and so forth. Yes, and he will score more goals this next season than Eric Carlson scores in the rest of his career. Book it. Book. That's right. It. William Carlson is the best Carlson. Don't book it. No, he's not. 
keep talking so I can po- keep whispering. To possible <laughs> fantasy uh, players in our league. Please draft it. Draft William, William Carlson. Carlson. For high dollar. Oh, yeah. That guy is like worth 80 of your fake dollars. Yes. 80 if, to if 90. If we do an auction league, if he's worth a prime round pick, like you log in before the first round and you give up your first four round picks to get William Carlson, mm-hmm. that's what he's worth. I'm thinking 60 70 goals this uh, year. <laughs> like 60 to if 70. he has an injury, yeah. perhaps <laughs> perhaps he'll be limited to 60 or 70. Uh, I think you're going to see the full 100. <laughs> Can he do it? Can William, William Carlson get 100 goals William this year? Carlson, 100 goals. Book it. Let's meet William Carlson watch this year. Uh, we'll update you. People will forget Eric Carlson exists. Who? I don't know. So moving on, uh, I wrote an article this past week for thehockeywriters.com, plugging myself. As we do, as I do. Um, And the article was just the worst contract on every team, and I'm not going to bore you with every name. You can find the article on thehockeywriters.com or on on our Twitter page at Two Guys No Cup if you're so inclined. Uh, But one thing I did notice, and I I really don't think this was just me being biased as the author of the article, but I noticed how many other teams' worst contract is for a former blue. And I thought it was interesting enough that I thought we could take a second to discuss it on here. Um, I'll allow it. Thank you. I don't think there's any question right now that David Backus has the worst contract on the Boston Bruins. Mm -hmm. Three years left, $6 million per year, no movement clause this year, then a modified no-trade clause. Um he was, you know, our captain. Obviously, he was hotly pursued on the um, free agent market, but he went from 19 minutes a game in his last year with us to 15 this past season. Uh, his leadership is hard to quantify, but he's down to just 33 points. He's just a shell of him for his former self, you know, and man, he could, he's still, I'm sure, a great locker room presence. I'm sure many Boston stray puppies and kittens Mm-hmm. are safer for having David Backus on their streets. Uh, but as far as <laughs> hockey ramifications go, uh, really ugly contract for them. And one the Blues, quite frankly, much as we love him, are lucky to have dodged that bullet. For sure. Um, you have any other thoughts on David Backus? I am always wonder what GMs are thinking when they sign these contracts. Like, I guess they, do they know that this guy is going to, you know, these power forwards are going to end up not putting up points like that? I mean, if you're over 30, it's already kind of the slow decline. Mm-hmm. But when you're one of those guys that's, I mean, he's had multiple concussions, he's been banged up. It's not like uh, their GM over there is not going to be aware of this. Yeah. But then you still sign him to that because, I don't know, because you need him? I don't know what you need him for, I guess. A locker room presence? You I hope guess. You're kind of, maybe you're hedging your bets and you're just hoping that he doesn't age that fast, yeah, you know, in I mean, terms guess, of play. Exactly. I guess you're hoping against hope. But he... to me, at least, I'm I'm very much someone that doesn't like to take risks mm. and if i were that gm I'd be like uh i'm moving on yeah i'm just always kind of blown away especially when it's like a good team i mm-hmm. wouldn't i wouldn't think boston would do that mm-hmm. agreed uh speaking of aging power forwards troy brower didn't even make the list because calgary bought him out a oh, few yeah. days before we wrote this article <laughs> so they owe him like 1.5 million for the next 
four years or something like that. Um, or, oh, him against the cap that much. Um, so uh, for the Rangers, I did write Kevin Shattenkirk in. Uh, three more years at $6.65 million. They get, did a good job avoiding a long-term on that deal, and it's hard to know exactly what he might back, bounce back to considering uh, that he was injured a good portion of this year. Um, but he really did not look great. Um, he's not a good defender. We know that. And for a team that's rebuilding, he's kind of a weird fit there, I think. Yeah, it's it seems like an odd power play specialist to have on a team that's really trying to probably shore up every other area first. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he's a little bit of a veteran presence. He's kind of, you know, end of, middle of his prime, end of his prime sort of area in terms of age, I guess. Yeah. I guess he's getting there. He's like late 20s, I think. Mm-hmm. I think um, so. Yeah, I don't know. He, was, he wore an A here, so... Mm-hmm. You could at least be a veteran leader there, but I don't know. I think it's a great contract for the Rangers in terms of in terms of term, how long he's there. Because by the time they're good, I mean, I'd trade them at the deadline or uh-huh. something. But like, you can just kind of get rid of them. You don't really have to worry about like, ooh, do we really need Kevin Shattenkirk still? By the time they're good, he'll be gone. You're right, and he does wear an A in New York okay. because there is an A in Rangers, Uh-oh. and there is an A in Shattenkirk. And there's an A in Bauer. You got me. Who manufactures his gloves. Uh, he might wear an A, uh, an actual A. I can't see it on this picture of him. Who's their captain? McDonough's gone. McDiggity, diggity, 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 Donna. Who's their captain going forward? I mean, at this point, do you just kind of slap it on Henrik and say, <laughs> Yeah, when do goalie captains ever work? I don't, they don't. But when is anything going to work in New York? As you'll find out from our later discussion. That's what we in the business call a teaser. Uh, For the Blues, I wrote down Jake Allen as opposed to Alex Steen because I think Alex Steen could bounce back this year. I think we'll see with him. Jake Allen, I'm pretty in the tank on, as we've discussed in the past. Um, And then uh, Ryan Reeves, the Golden Knights, two years at almost $3 million. Yike. Uh, <laughs> TJ Oshie, seven years, $5.75 million left on his deal with the Capitals. Uh, he is hosting, hoisting the Stanley Cup in this picture, which is the only picture they'll ever need to care about TJ Oshie, but he will be 38 when that contract ends. And again, that's a big solid yike. And then uh, Lars Eller was the other consideration for the, um, although, you know, I, we've already objected to him being a former blue, but <laughs> he's there for an awful long time. So I just thought that was kind of interesting that, you know, we've talked it, and I think it is a very fair criticism of arms that he has a tendency to extend a little too generous uh, extensions to his players. Uh, but I think he's also dodged some bullets there in free agency. So I mm-hmm. thought that'd be fun to discuss. Do you have any further comments on that? No, I mean, and even some of the ones uh, contracts he has signed that have been all that great, he's managed to move, you know, Yori Latera, things like that, where, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can see it both ways. Not a great contract to sign, but he manages to get out from under it. I know some of the criticism then is that we're spending draft capital you know first round picks to get rid of guys you mm-hmm. know like Latera, but you're also he's not also not really just getting rid of them you get a Braden Shen back and that sort of deal and like we mentioned later in this episode um you we don't necessarily the blues you always like picks but the blues don't necessarily need those picks you kind of need the cap space at that point and it's just weighing what you need more yeah i agree um in other blues news there's not much 
Um, the icebreaker event is coming this Sunday on August 26th, and we will be there? Oh, I'll be there. Okay. Will you be there? I think so. Will Blues Nation be there? <laughs> Who's going to represent? So if you are going, uh, drop us a line and say hi. Uh, but don't come up to us in person because we are invisible. <laughs> <laughs> As you've all known for a long time, we're actually translucent and oh, cannot Jesus. be seen with the naked eye. <laughs> um, it's been a long night, folks. I think that's pretty obvious by our recording quality so far. Doors open at 5. Event starts at 6, Ballpark Village, this Sunday. Uh, the third jersey is unveiled. Many players will be there as part of the exciting package that you get for the price of free. <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly. Yep. They, uh, they added David Perron yep. and Patrick Maroon. Yep. I've heard surprises. I've heard all their names, the third jersey. Dimitri, yes. And then I heard, yeah, I heard surprise and other surprises. What do you think the surprises are? Louis, but like a purple version <laughs> for the ladies. Surprise! <laughs> Breast cancer awareness, Louis. <laughs> You're welcome. Now get out of Ballpark Village. The bigger team's playing. <laughs> That's probably true, yeah. to be honest. Now get out of here, Riff Raff. It's not called Ice Rink Village, you punks. <laughs> um, They're building that out by the river. <laughs> Why don't you go live in an ice rink down by the <laughs> river? Uh, and then finally, the Blues um, Traverse City Tournament Prospect Extravaganza Extraordinary 2018. Schedule 2012-14-18 uh, was released as was the roster, and this is an event that we will also be covering live. I am going with an aforementioned Garrett Kochner, not uh, an aforementioned <laughs> one of the many Garrets we've mentioned on this podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Garrett, it's a train wreck. This is this whole thing's going down. This but, is Garrett's fault. Uh, you're damn right it is. Uh, let's take a look at this roster, Shall we? Peter Avendonato? <laughs> We're starting off yeah, strong. Yeah, and number 84. Then there's Dominic Buck oh, baby. of the German, German, German League. Of best cheekbones ever. Oh, magazine. I can't wait to see him in person. Eric Foley, <laughs> D- Daylon Grew. Oh, God, hockey. Hockey. I, I've never seen more hockey, more names than on our team that are just. Other real names, but just with the letters. This guy's name should be Dylan Giroux, but I swear to God, it's Daylone Gruel. <laughs> uh, uh, Tanner Caspic, okay. Clem Coaston, Jordan Cairo, Matthias Laferriere, Bobby McIntyre. He's not really ever going to succeed, but he's got a great name. Adam Musil, Austin Pagansky, Nolan Steven, Jared Thomas. Robert Thomas, is he going to be alive for this one, though? Supposedly he's going to be in it. Excellent. Uh, and Alexei Torpchenko or the forward group. Sean Allen, Trenton Bork, Joel LaCousta, Nico Mikola, David Noel, Mitch Reinke, Tyler Tucker, and Jake Wallman are your anemic defensive <laughs> core. That's, they could be okay. That's where a prospect pool may be lacking a little bit. And then Evan Fitzpatrick and Joel Hofer are your goalies. 
Um, I'm excited to attend, and we'll obviously have lots of coverage after the fact. Ian will be working like a responsible adult during that time, but we'll keep in mm-hmm. touch. Um, and then uh, I'm just going to call this shot on the air because it's really not that hard to start uh-huh. one of these things. Uh, we will send you pictures of all these events on our brand new Instagram account that does not exist <laughs> yet. Uh, but when it does, we will let you know the details. And we'll send out pictures on that. So there you go. Uh, any other points to discuss about anything we've just covered? We should get a Snapchat. We should get a... What else do the kids do these days? Booty call. A Facebook page. <laughs> one of them Tinder. <laughs> oh, two guys no cup Tinder. It's two for one. All right? The subreddit. The subreddit. And just Stitcher. Just throwing out words mm. I know. Oh, we can get on Etsy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So much oh, just buttons great. and shit for you to wear. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, Let's go ahead and get to our guests, shall we, Mm -hmm. so they can save this train wreck of a podcast. Uh, We are about to be joined (laughs) uh, by Drew and Jeff from the Broad Street Bullies podcast. Uh, They were kind enough to join us, as was Anthony two weeks ago, uh, this time to discuss the Metropolitan Division, uh, talk a little bit about the Braden Shin trade and the Flyers as, in general, and uh, it was a really fun discussion. We mm-hmm. really enjoyed having the guys on. Thank you so much. Uh, we give their details where to find them a couple of times in the interview, but uh, just the quick way is on Twitter, at the BSB Podcast. You can find them there, and you can find links to everything else through there. Uh, so let's let them and us and this interview that's not pre-recorded in any way take it away and we'll see you on the other side Welcome back, everyone. Uh, joining us tonight are Drew Pavsky and Jeff DeAngelis from the uh, Broad Street Bully podcast. They are Philadelphia sports fans who produce a weekly podcast about the Flyers uh, and cover all sorts of great content about all Philadelphia sports on Twitter uh, at the BSB podcast. And if you want to hear them describe why the NHL is the sport equivalent of Hufflepuff, uh, which is a closeted Hufflepuff myself I was very interested in, uh, you can check out episode 155 right away, although I think they already have one newer than that. Uh, Drew, Jeff, how are you guys doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, man? Actually, I love your intro because you made it sound like we actually know what the hell we're doing. (laughs) I did my best. uh, Yeah, it's just got me and Jeff on here tonight, uh, you know, just to talk to you guys about some hockey and all that stuff. Thanks for having us. Um, It should be fun. And uh, I appreciate you noticing about our one of our recent episodes. It just came out on a whim that NHL is Hufflepuff. I mean, Jeff, I think that was a we talked about it for a few minutes. I think we got some good analysis in that. We did. We also determined that basketball is Slytherin. Yeah, yeah, because uh, all the, the referee uh, like scandals over the years and shaving points and how super it takes forever to finish two minute of a game and the super teams you know, the pile on stuff. I don't know. It's a work in progress. I feel like there's a really good editorial coming out. I can't wait for it. It felt perfect to me. Uh, <laughs> Ian, having neither heard that episode nor knowing 
Harry Potter that well is a little lost in this conversation. I, but. I just want to know if the NHL being Hufflepuff is a good thing. Kind of both. It's anytime you're called a Hufflepuff, it's a little bit of a slap in the face. Okay. But, you know. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> All right, so that feels that. fair. But it's an apt description, I think. How um, many lockouts can you have? <laughs> say that again. How many lockouts can you have? That's true. Yeah, I feel like that's the one non-Hufflepuff characteristic. But to keep from boring Ian to death, we'll move on. <laughs> uh, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about how you got started and and what you all do over at your wonderful podcast and website? All right. Well, uh, about I don't know nine years ago at this point, I uh, started writing a blog called the Broad Street Bully Blog. And it uh, did pretty well at first. And I realized that in college and working, I was like, holy crap, this takes a lot more work than I thought. Uh, Jeff and I are always talking flyers after we started going to a lot of games back in high school because no one wanted to go during their franchise where season about six or seven. Uh, Jeff, you hit me up. and Yeah, we saw a lot of games that year because a lot of people gave away tickets. <laughs> and a lot of those games, they were all lost. I think we were 0 and 9 that year. All free, though. They were great we seats. Yeah, we saw a lot of good injuries, though. Flyers just taking cheap shots that year. A lot of dumbasses that were getting called up. Anyway, long story short, we uh, <laughs> it went again for a couple of years off and on after the cup run in 2010. And then about three years ago, actually, it's about three years ago this week, I think, yeah. is when we officially launched our first episode. Um, and we've kind of moved on from that since then. We've been this ever since. Yeah, exactly. It's all history. <laughs> we've done like some podcast festivals and like met a lot of cool people through this, uh, fans, other podcasts like yourself that we've become friends with. And uh, now it's kind of like we're just trying to make that vision of the uncensored, like no holds barred, like Flyers podcast where it's Flyers podcast by Flyers fans, like you're drinking beers, watching the game. And also, hey, let's talk about uh, – that uh, porn star's coming to town this weekend and stripping at uh, Exotica in Philly. <laughs> or or uh, maybe it could be about the best wing. Uh, we talked about wings last night for like 20 minutes yeah. because we're talking about wingers in the NHL. We got hungry. I mean, we, we like to have fun in the offseason. <laughs> and excellent. right now, Jeff and I are in the process. We just uh, added a bunch of uh, writers to our site. So look forward to if you're a Flyers fan or like reading off, off topic sometimes or irreverent humor and also Flyers analysis with built on not hot takes that'll be launching next month with a bunch of new content for free almost every day of the week with uh, fresh, uh, you know, original stuff, no trade rumor BS or, um, you know, stupid uh, stuff like that. Like some <laughs> well thought out pieces. Yeah, that's awesome. And we'll find, we'll make sure to link all that and people can follow you themselves, which they should do. Uh, I know last, last episode, or I guess two episodes ago now, you also did, uh, the best Flyers free agent signings and named Danny Breer at number one. And personally, I love Danny Breer. So he's one of my favorite players ever. So I just thought I'd pass that along <laughs> in honor. I don't know how you Breer. can't love Danny Breer. Anyone ever meets him, will just tell you how nice of a guy he is. Like, I literally have friends who are like, hey, I, I interrupt him during dinner. I'm like, don't do that, you jackass. But, but he got a picture with me. I'm like, okay, well, he seemed happy. He was very nice. That's <laughs> awesome. Time. That's even better to know. Um, so yeah, awesome so, team guy too. Yeah, he was. He yeah, was just for sure. All over. Uh, so we have a lot to talk about inside the Metro Division and with the Flyers specifically. But since we had you guys on, I know it's not this year's news story, but we thought we'd talk a little bit about the Braden Shin trade uh, since that's the last real meeting between uh, our two teams on the trade market. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just to remind anyone that doesn't know, uh, last year's draft, the Blues traded Yori Laterra, basically Yori Laterra's uh, contract, along with a 2017 and 2018 first-round pick, 
um, that became Morgan Frost at 27th overall and Joel Farabee at 14th overall and got Braden Shin back. Uh, love both of those prospects that you guys now have. Um, and obviously, Braden Shin had a great year here. Let me start by asking you, are you guys surprised at Braden Shin's uh, season last year? I mean, he had 70 points. Um, went down a little bit in power play goals from 13, I think, to 8. Um, he was obviously a really good player in Philly, but he, did you guys think he had another level, maybe, if you want to call it that, uh, that he jumped to in St. Louis, or or were you a little caught off guard by that? Well, so Braden Chen played his best hockey in Philly when he was consistently in one spot. So when he got some time at center playing with good wingers, he was, he was great. And that's how he earned that contract. But the Flyers never really settled him in anywhere. They kind of bounced him around the lineup a lot. And I think it really affected him to the point where, you know, the the trade was worth it to get the prospects back. And plus, the Flyers have so many players in their pipeline that could take his spot that it uh, was a calculated move by Hexall. Yeah, I would agree with Jeff there. Um, I think uh, Shen kind of, except for his last season with the team, he had power play goal eruption, but even strength not so much. As, as usual, um, he had trouble driving play as if you want to be a Corsi nerd. You can look at some of that. Some, I think some of his numbers were bad. Um, not that I believe in most of that stuff. It's like Harry Potter to me. Um, <laughs> but uh, some of the, I mean, some of his stats, like they were his point output was consistently getting better every year until his last season with the Flyers where he was four points short. He had like 55 points to 59. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was a good contributor on the team, but he was a streaky player at times. Yeah, He'd be invisible for many shifts, and he couldn't really – he didn't have the ability to take over a shift or a game on a consistent basis. Um, so uh, I, I liked him when he was here. I thought it was good for what we got uh, out of him. But I think the organization realized that it was um, – they could easily replace his points. Maybe not so easily, but they could find someone to do it and also not – get him wrapped up in a contract that the free agent market will dictate if they let him go and they traded him before that was even a possibility because i mean i don't think they saw him in the future plans with all the other people they had in the in the uh, pipeline like jeff said yeah and i think you guys had like you said a lot of a lot of real good top six top nine type centers wings at the time and still do and so it was the perfect piece to move um let's talk a little bit about the prospects you all now have as a result of the trade actually if i could uh, cut you off for a second if you don't mind i would like jeff to do his uh jeff is going to play the role of a flyers twitter user (laughs) thinking about this trade in case you guys don't know we love flyers twitter on our podcast it makes us feel smart so jeff please explain or do your best uh jeff's uh, a master of theater i'm excited to hear this (laughs) Flyers beat writers tweet out, uh, Braden Shen has been traded to the Blues. More details coming. Everyone's excited. Uh, heart palpitations. Everybody's on edge. Then it comes out. Flyers get two first-round picks and Yori Laterra. <laughs> and everybody just went, oh, my God. Braden Shen for Lori, Jory Laterra straight up. That's an idiot. Yeah, and people still forgot about that. So all last season, they're like, well, Jory Laterra doesn't even play every game. He's a slow asshole. Like, he was just like saying Braden awful Shen's things. Braden Shen's a top line center in St. Louis. Yeah, even though he's surrounded by great talent on that team. But anyway, so I just want to make sure you understood. That's where we're coming from in our fan base. You may not be aware of this because you're not a Flyers yeah, fan. Really. But that's what people were saying all year. As all you do is say, uh, here's Morgan Frost's uh, season numbers right now. Uh, that's what he's doing. This is what he's capable of at the uh, junior level, and he's only getting better. 
So I just have to make sure you guys understood where we're coming from. I'm, I'm glad to know. We highly had, lamented with some people just because of that stupid idea. They don't know who the hell the prospects are. <laughs> we had kind of a knockdown drag out with a, a Flyers fan who was convinced that the Blues got fleeced in the deal. So it's good to know that both sides are uh, well represented. <laughs> it was very weird. I, honestly, I think it's a, just ended up being a really great trade for both teams. Um, both needs or what the needs of the teams wanted at the time. Yeah. yeah, you guys got a good like top six guy who can play center and also has played wing and is a, was a decent power play guy. Um, of course, he had Claude Giroux, so I mean it kind of makes anyone good. Uh, uh, but I mean, we also got those two first round picks, and Morgan Frost seems to be um, destined for top six greatness if he keeps on this track, keeps adding size. And Joel Farabee, um, a lot of people are saying, "Holy crap, that guy was a great deal where they, where they got him in the draft." Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, I'm feeling pretty happy about it. Yeah. So just to fill in uh, Blues fans who don't know, maybe haven't followed as closely, uh, Frost was the top scorer and was named the MVP uh, for the for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds of the OHL, uh, who were coached by the guy who's now the San Antonio Rampage head coach, Drew Bannister. Um, just a fun little footnote there. He had 112 points last year, 42 goals and 70 assists. He had 26 points in the playoffs and was a finalist uh, for the OHL MVP, which eventually went to Jordan Cairo. So, yeah, like you guys mentioned, just a, an absurd season, even by junior hockey standards. Um, and, and I'm sure you guys are excited to have him in the fold. Do you think he pushes for a roster spot this year, or do you think he's a year away still? Uh, I think it kind of slipped out, but there were reports today because of, uh, so if for anybody who doesn't know, Couturier reheard his MCL, but he should be back in time for the season. But uh, reports came out that uh, Pryor, who is one of their directors of something or other, I forget his official title, but he was pointing that uh, Frost was going to make his way back to junior this year and just pack on some more size. Okay. And also, sense. it should be mentioned that Morgan Frost had 112 points in the OHL. They play like 68 games. Yeah, it's insane. So that's close to a two. That's like a one and a half uh, point per game pace. I don't know math. I'm just making that up. <laughs> <laughs> even more than that, I think. Yeah. So he he was great, and also just a great hockey name. Uh, I think perfect name for hockey. So that's good. Mm. And then Joel Farabee, little less known about him since he was just drafted, but he had a really good year. Uh, with the U.S. junior teams. Uh, he played with the likes of Oliver Wallstrom and Jack Hughes, uh, who were also top draft picks this year. And then uh, he was he's committed to Boston University, as I understand it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I just I think on our end, it just feels like a good trade where the Blues sacrificed uh, prospect depth, which they have a lot of as it is, and got rid of the Laterra contract, um, which was a real eyesore here because it was not it was not a Doug Armstrong's brightest move, um, to put it politely. And then you all you know gave up one roster player to get all that in return. So I just think it worked out gangbusters mm-hmm. for both teams. Yeah, absolutely. I think ours will pay off uh, a little bit further, further down the line. But uh, Shen was a solid player for you guys last year. Um, but I don't miss him after seeing what some of the guys like connect me getting more time were able to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Else, yeah. Flyers perspective. That makes perfect sense. Uh, so why don't we use that to jump into what the Flyers did do last season? Uh, they finished the year in third place in the Metro with uh, 42, 26 and 14 record, 98 points. Um, 
sixth in the Eastern Conference. How do you guys feel about that finish um, just kind of going into the season? What did you expect versus what you got? Because I think they were non-playoffs the year before that. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. Um, the year be- the two years ago they made it versus the Caps and fought a very heartfelt uh, five-game series loss to the Caps. They gave it all they had, and the Caps were just outmatched them left and right. The mm-hmm. Flyers were out of gas by that point and just were fighting to make it in the playoffs. The year after that, um, injuries and just, you know, Drew wasn't as best. Ghost was g- Goss's bear. Shane, call him Ghost, wasn't as best. And a lot of players are still fitting into the mold of, like, you know, newer players coming up. But uh, last year you saw um, it kind of come together at times where the Flyers were one of the best teams in the league from December on, I believe, until about uh, March is when it kind of <laughs> fell apart when Brian Elliott got hurt. But um, it was a good time. And the Eagles won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl champions, you know, and everything else. It go. was just a good time to be a Philly sports fan. The Sixers were getting all all riled up, and the Phillies uh, have uh, had, looked like they had a promising season. We're still seeing how that works out. But um, that whole end of the season, we went to the season, Jeff. You and I were just uh, – and, and Doyle, our other co-host, we were just uh, optimistic the whole time. Like, it doesn't matter what happens because this team just needs to play to get and get better together. We figured a uh, bubble team at best, kind of the same spot yeah. where they, they were in two years ago, where they could make it, they might not. It depends on if players take steps. And this year, a lot of players took steps – Absolutely. Just not everybody, like the goalies. Like, you, <laughs> yeah, Elliot was great until he got hurt. Um, I mean, he was he was absolutely lights out at times. Uh, it was great to watch him actually, you know, fill in the spot. So our boy Carter Hart gets called up. That's for a different day. Um, <laughs> our goalie prospect, for those of you guys who don't know. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Drew having a huge career bounce back year. Jake Voracek being solid as always. And then you have guys like Sean Couturier who people were like, you know what, maybe he wasn't going to be that scoring threat we thought he would be all of a sudden coming out of the woodwork and posting 76 points and including some playoff points on a torn mcl versus the uh the political rival sorry division <laughs> rival penguins political rival too I don't Crosby's political you know <laughs> theories whatever it is with his dumb mustache and uh shane goss's bear having uh, a great season not just offensively but also showing he can play two-way hockey uh, Ivan Provorov somehow being left off the top 20 NHL defenseman. He's about to be in the top 10 for the next 10 years. That's a hot take, but you can take that. And uh, Travis Konechny, of course, uh, 24 goals. He's going to be a 30-goal scorer next year. I feel it if he keeps on the way he's going. So there's a lot of things. That just was, it was exciting. And this is coming from a guy, including Jeff. We were at that game that got eliminated when we thought they were going to force a game seven versus the Penguins. Mm-hmm. And we got really cocky and really excited, and we got deflated really quickly. So I'm, I was still happy the next day. Like, you know what? It's fine. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. I actually called into a local radio show. I'm like, oh, that guy was very grounded and measured and didn't seem to be upset too much. I'm like, no, I'm upset. But, you know, it just it wasn't any of the snake dogs. Yeah. It wasn't like we were expecting to win the Stanley Cup this year. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's it just getting guys some experience. I got a, they got a playoff series versus a back-to-back defending champ. That's great. And they put them to six games. If you told me at the beginning of the season, I would have taken that. Okay. Better than not watching uh, playoff hockey. Yeah, mm-hmm. we know all too well last year how that feels. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you guys had that. I mean, six game series against Penguins, but I think you know I kind of predicted in our in our pre playoff discussion that you guys that the Flyers would be so physical and so demanding of the Penguins that it might cost the Penguins their series with Washington. Which whether or not that's the actual cause and effect, it certainly seemed to go down that way. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything to regret about the season you all had. And you had a lot of promising 
um, scoring depth with Giroux and Voracek, obviously. Do you feel like Giroux got robbed of the uh, MVP Hart Trophy, or do you think it rightfully went to division rival Taylor Hall? It wasn't really robbed, but not a finalist was kind of a little... Yeah, you know. not being a finalist was kind of ridiculous because I feel like Kopitar was in there maybe. But yeah. Taylor Hall, definitely. The Devils went from, I think there was like a 27-point swing from mm-hmm. the season yeah. before. And, I mean, if you look at like everybody the Devils had, Taylor Hall was really the star of that team. So for him to lead them to almost 30 more points, he's definitely mm-hmm. a hard candidate. But Claude Giroux does so much that just stuff you can't always measure in points either. Like he, he plays, he takes defensive zone. He's a great face-off man. He's one of the like, – I think he's like usually – like I think last season might have been top 10 or top 15 in the league in face-offs. And that's also scoring at a high output. And um, I don't know, just uh, – he does so much for the team as far as leading them. So I, I think he could have got a finalist. I was a little sour about that. But he's the kind of guy who will take that as like, a, all right, well, I'll show you next time. I don't think he's the kind of guy to get upset about it. He doesn't really care about that because I've seen him since he started playing here. He wants to win. That's all he really cares about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you said Sean Couturier, you mentioned his awesome season. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, Ian? I mean, I was surprised completely <laughs> by it. I think everybody was. <laughs> yeah, I, it was not something I saw on the radar as far as like, I don't know, has he, did he ever eclipse 30 goals before? No. No. Okay. I think his season high before was uh, 15. So See, that's why I remember goals. seeing something like that. Yeah, yeah that well, feels better. Yeah, he had junior. And if he hadn't gotten mono, he probably would have went top five in the draft, but he yep. dropped all the way to eighth when the Flyers got him. Yeah, his his former uh, season high was 15. His former season high points was uh, 39. He had done twice. So he had pretty much uh, doubled yeah. his uh, point total for the most part. And he also finished uh, second in the Selkie voting. Um, which he should. Yeah. I believe I picked him to win the Selkie. The, I, I was wrong, but I picked him. One of the two choices you got wrong. Yeah, that's true. Definitely a solid choice. Yeah, yeah. and I'm sure he will He will win some in his career if he keeps on this uh, trajectory. You think he'll be able to keep up that level of play, or do you think he'll maybe have a little bit of a return uh, to the meet next season? We actually just talked about this last night, and as long as Giroux plays even to the same level he did this year, not even better. And uh, Travis Konechny keeps developing because those will be his probable line mates. I don't see why he couldn't put up the same amount of points or more. Yeah, it wasn't just Giroux was carrying him either. Like, Sean Couturier has always been a smart hockey player, and you saw his offensive zone, like, awareness just uh, – you saw it on a different level when they put him with good line mates. Sean Couturier, a lot of people don't know this, he had pretty much, like uh, – a ball and chain for a line mate half the time when his early years here because he was just a shut down third line center. Yeah, it's like Zach Ronaldo. Yeah, like or um he put up him and Shen had actually a great chemistry to bring it back to Shen at times, but they wouldn't always play together because mm-hmm. Shen was more of a centerman. He played in the wing. Uh he'd have Matt Reed who got really slow after a couple of years. Those guys that you know he didn't really have any talent around him. And Sean Couturier is one knock against him, he's not a really fast skater, but he's not a bad skater. So um, being on the line with Giroux and like a Konechny or a Voracek, you saw how in the offensive zone, all of a sudden, like, hey, I can make a nice passes from behind the net too. I can set up a shot. I can actually have a quick release on my wrist shot too. And he was able to do that. They gave him the reins. They moved Claude Giroux to wing during training camp last year, and everyone thought it was going to be awful. And it turned out to be one of Dave Hackstall's like most ballsiest but biggest uh, high-reward moves he had. 
Yeah, absolutely. It certainly paid off for not just Giroux, but the entire team and the lines he was on. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the movement this summer. So you lost uh, Valtteri Filpula to the Islanders, Brandon Manning to Chicago, Matt Reed to Minnesota, uh, Peter Morazic to Carolina. Do you guys feel like you're going to miss Ooh. any of those? Oh, sorry, are you uh, <laughs> talking about players? Uh, yeah, do you care about those players? Former, former, once once upon a time, some of them were relevant, I think. No, the Flyers shed a lot of dead weight this summer. Yes. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't have any, I don't hate any of those players, but those guys are not in the future plans, not yeah, in the near future, not in the far future, not in any future. Um Good luck to them, but I am looking forward to seeing more spots open up. At, some of those guys were deaf guys, so, I mean, it'd be nice to see a younger person that has maybe more potential move in. Or, like, you know, Philpula, I mean, you don't need him on the team when you have, you know, your second overall pick, Nolan Patrick, about that during a sophomore season. And break the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get to him as well in a minute, yeah. And then uh, signings, the big one, obviously, James Van Rienzyk. Coming in five years, $35 million, uh, from the Maple Leafs. How do you all feel about that deal? That uh, corrected a mistake <laughs> that was made, uh, what, three, four years ago? <laughs> the mistake yeah, being wanting him to leave in the first place? Yeah, it's, uh, that was a panic move. Holmgren didn't really bother uh, stocking the cupboard with prospects, so when they needed a defenseman, they panicked. And we're like, oh yeah, Luke Shen's available. <laughs> and then the Leafs are the Leafs are like, we gotta get rid of this Luke Shen guy because uh, <laughs> we, we, we suck. I hope we get this guy named Austin Matthews in five years. <laughs> so yeah, it was, a, it was a big problem with them. Brilliant uh, foresight but, with the Matthews uh, call on their part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like they had like their own crystal ball, like they were living in a Harry Potter universe. <laughs> Perhaps exactly. they're Slytherin. We'll uh, but maybe they had a, a Martyrs map. I can see when they're. Oh, so I'm getting too deep in Harry Potter here. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Time Turner things, right? They there got a go. time Turner or whatever. He yeah. knows a little there bit. There he goes. He's Someone went on the Harry Potter rides and. Uh, <laughs> 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 but, uh, from a hockey analysis, so the Flyers have their top line set: Giroux, Coots, Konechny. Now their second line is uh, Van Riemsdyk, Patrick Voracek, and now the Flyers' top two lines are solid. Like that, like. That gives me, like, I'm wearing gym shorts. I don't want to stand up for at least 20 minutes. <laughs> 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 two lines, and Wayne Simmons has now been relegated to a third-line player. Yeah. So, I mean, the JBR trade, I think, like, every, like, maybe two episodes, I just go, guys, can we just be happy that we have, like, that was the that was the signing we made, and it wasn't an overpayment signing. I don't think it was a gross overpayment. And he loves playing here, and he's going to add so much more depth, not just to the top six, but also our power play, which needs some help. Because our first power play line got stale at times, but it was still good. But our second power play unit, it just needs a little bit more oomph to it, and he can score. And also, he had his uh, career best year in goals last year. So, now a 30-goal score on the team. Yeah, absolutely. And we know from David Braun's experience that any time a player wants to come back, it's kind of like an extra little shot in the arm. That whether, feels good. Whether or not, in, in this case, whether or not the fan base is wild about that player. <laughs> And also, his family's all in Jersey. He's from uh, like North Jersey. He was a Rangers fan growing up, so he's not. I actually met him before. He was uh, hanging around South Jersey, where we're based out of, right outside of Philadelphia. So when he was still on the team, so he's he has family around here. He, I mean, I'm sure Toronto's a lovely city. I've never been there. Um, I heard great things like Blue Jays and all that stuff. Cool, but I mean, <laughs> we got cheesesteaks, soft pretzels, tasty cakes, Scrapple. 
and a Super Bowl championship. Where, where else would you want to live? <laughs> You're going to tuck that in as many times as possible, right? <laughs> oh, dude, I've been waiting my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's totally fair. I don't know if you're still a Rams fan, my bad. But, uh, oh, it's it's all right. We've, we got our one, and then they left. <laughs> we've adjusted emotionally. Yeah. Long I watched, that was the first Super Bowl I watched, I think. We were one of the second ones I watched. So. It was, it was an awesome game. It was incredible. First uh, show on turf. Oh, yeah. Exactly. At our age, I think that was like the first Super Bowl I remember watching. So all I remember was the first Super Bowl I watched, we won. <laughs> and so it was all downhill from there. Literally. In an impossible standard. Uh, yeah, well, at least you didn't watch a lot of other things happen. Like Very severely <laughs> downhill. <laughs> uh, you all mentioned Wayne Simmons kind of getting relegated to a third-line role. How do you feel about that? Do you think he stays on the team for the duration of the season at the risk of possibly losing him in free agency since this is – I believe the final year of his contract. Would you rather see him traded with a year left, or would you rather ride it out, see if you can keep him, uh, and let a player that good play on the third line, which, as you said, is uh, Jim Short altering? <laughs> uh, I like the way you put that. See, you bring up the best of me. You kind St. Louis people just make me censor myself. <laughs> If you think that was too much, people don't listen to our show. Just like and subscribe and give us the views. Brush your butt in that. Anyway, Wayne Simmons. Uh, <laughs> I have to say, um, you know, I have always liked Wayne Simmons. At times, we actually talked about how Wayne Simmons was going to be expendable, like on our first year doing the show, mm-hmm. and not in, like a hot take. Listen to our crazy, wacky hot take podcast. <laughs> like in a serious, he may not be in the team's future plans. If they're competing for a, a play, the playoffs and in a good playoff spot, I don't think they trade him at the deadline unless the offers like. Head over heels, great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also don't want to see him walk away for nothing because he's the other piece of that Richards trade that gave us Shen. And yeah. it'd be great to Hex, – Hextall seems to be a guy who likes to use his assets and manage them and not, like, let stuff walk for cheap or, like, you know, make sure you don't give – like, at least get something for it, mm-hmm. even a fifth-round pick. So I, I don't know. I love Wayne Simmons, but if he were to leave, um, I would understand. I think it's for the best of the team if he uh, walks because the we – are going to be signing extensions to our young guys, and then we're going to, have to say, "Hey, we also could be maybe one piece away from competing for a, a real con- uh, championship, and we need to pay one more free agent." I don't know, Jeff. Uh, the biggest problem with Wayne Simmons, and it's not even a, it's not even a problem in a sense. He plays a very tough brand of hockey, and his body takes a beating, mm-hmm. and that's great. You see power forwards who tear through the league, but he's over thirty. And he's at the point now where this is going to be his last real major payday. So he's going to want money and he's going to want term, presumably. Mm -hmm. And the Flyers have so many prospects. Like this year, especially, is the Provorov and Konechny extensions that are due. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. So it's not like they want to tie up a bunch of money in this declining veteran. And then, not to say that they're the same player, but you don't want to get stuck with a Shea Weber like Montreal has. Yeah. Yeah. Just or to piggyback off that real quick, Jeff, like you have to be careful with um, to uh, that Wayne Simmons is coming off that injuries, all these nagging injuries he played through last year. Like, yeah, I don't know if you guys heard about that. He has all these nagging injuries. Like that's why he wasn't himself last year. Mm-hmm. I think he had eight surgeries right after the season. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of surgeries. Lost broken teeth. Hands, broken yeah. teeth. Yikes. So gun to the head, shot in the dark. Where do you think Wayne Simmons ends up this upcoming summer? Somewhere. I thought he would have got <laughs> traded at the draft, honestly. And I'm yeah. surprised he's still here, but I guess Hextall loves him because, you know, he drafted him in L.A., so he mm-hmm. has that tie to him. But uh, I think that if the Flyers are in a spot to contend and somebody comes to them offering anything decent and Hextall doesn't plan to resign him, I think he's gone to anyone. 
Hmm. Yeah. So if he goes to any team next year, I, don't, I actually don't even know because I have to like think. Yeah, it's hard. End of the it's season, be like whoever's in that position. Who else is going to leave? Is there actually going to be a lockout? Are we getting a Seattle team? Like, mm-hmm. what's gonna what's gonna happen? That's, I mean, there's so many. I, I don't know if I can even answer that unless you're just saying, all right, he's going to go to the Predators for no reason. Western Western Conference is safe. Mm-hmm. Let's say any team in the West because Hextall wouldn't give somebody like Simmons to a, a team he has to see. Go yeah. back to the Kings and mm-hmm. just keep hurting their cap situation. They want <laughs> be perfect. First captain of the Seattle Steelheads. You heard it here first, Wayne Simmons. Um, <laughs> they were the Seattle rainy days. I didn't get the same the memo Seattle you did. Tilico. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it became on the Seattle Telecoms, yeah. That's actually pretty good. Um, we, uh, yeah, and I think with with Simmons, you you pointed it out, but the Blues fans uh, listening know from experience that the likes of David Backus, Troy Brower, uh, play similar games to Wayne Simmons, and those guys just don't very often age well in this league. Uh, so I don't Steve think after thirty, it's like whoop yeah, roller coaster. Yeah, so I don't think there'd be a lot of wisdom for a team in, in the Flyers' position to give him a long-term extension. He'd be good for a team and he's like a big power play presence that's mm-hmm. like ready to win another, like like maybe like a Capitals. Yeah. I don't want to go there, but a team that could like, hey, you know what, we just go for another one when yeah, we got they it. they need to add a piece. They don't need to set up a team. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can maybe uh, limit his minutes a little more on a team like that and just have him play more pivotal power play and offensive zone starts. Um, you also signed Christian... I'm assuming Foline, is that how it's pronounced? For I believe it's Foline, yes. A yeah. year and 800000 I assume that's just a depth move. It's uh, basically to replace Brandon Manning, and I didn't really know a lot about him, but he's another uh, Kings player, so I'm sure Hextall has done his homework. Yeah, he's played for the Wild, and he played for the Kings last year. He's really just uh, he's a, he's a depth signing. He's, only, he's 27, he's young, but he has some experience. He's played in uh, you know over 100 NHL games, so um, there's that. And, like, I don't know, it's just a depth move because, you know, you're never going to get hurt, and we have a lot of young defensemen. I, I mean, I don't have any – I don't love the move. I don't hate the move. I just think it was a smart, like, just business-savvy move just to keep everything going to have somebody there. Yeah, absolutely. And you extended uh, Robert ha- Robert Hogg for two years. Robert Hague. Robert Hague. There we go. <laughs> Even better. Uh, two years, uh, $1.15 million. AAV, that's a pretty good little bridge deal, I think, for him as you kind of try and nail down exactly what his long-term future looks like. Yeah, if, if everybody that the Flyers have in the defensive pipeline pan out, uh, Bobby Hag's looking at uh, like being the third-pair guy. So that's third-pair guy money, and I'm happy with that. So. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, Ian, you have some questions you want to throw their way? Um, I guess I'm really curious. I was interested in what you guys thought about Nolan Patrick's season this past year and where do you think he's going to sort of project to be maybe points wise or you kind of already talked about what line you think he might be on this year but you know what do you think about Nolan Patrick so Nolan broke into the league this year and immediately had that concussion Mm -hmm. and it really killed his momentum and plus he had the same surgery uh, that Giroux and them had where it was his, uh, his core muscles were worked on. Yeah, the hernia, right, or something like that? He didn't really get an off-season to prepare, so it took him a while. About halfway through the season is when he picked up his stride, and you got to see the Nolan Patrick that everybody put at the top of the draft. Mm-hmm. So I think he did pretty well last year, all things considered, and I think this year having a full off-season to really work out, get in shape, condition, start lifting, and get ready for the NHL game, I think the sky's the limit for the kid. 
Yeah, he had 30 points last year, and that was also considering, I believe, over half those points came in the second half of the season. If you started off okay, um, he showed an ability also um, behind the net on the power play. Jeff and I were in love with this. He knew what he was doing back there to set up people. And he speaking has, of Danny Briere. Yeah, speaking of Danny Briere, who's a <laughs> specialty. And he had had, seemed to like know what he, was, what he was supposed to do out there. And like a lot of uh, freshman, freshman players – uh, rookie players, they hit like almost like that that wall in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. He wasn't coming in his own until then because like the concussion. Even though he came back, he didn't feel right. He talks about it in interviews, and I don't know if you guys ever had concussions. I've had them. I know like you don't feel right for a while. Yeah. You think you're cool, but like you realize months later, oh shit, I feel way better than I did a couple months ago. Even though I was supposed to be healthy. So, um, and that's just for me playing like men's league hockey. I can only imagine what NHL <laughs> hockey feels like. I mean, I never played. If you guys didn't know, sorry, I'm not a celebrity <laughs> on the show, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, I mean, I got to understand like that has to like be a big toll on a young kid like that. You know, yeah. he's playing with grown ass men. He's like 19 years old. So I, I think the next year, if, and there's also the playoffs. He looked good in the playoffs, too. He didn't look he looked comfortable. So I think just adding more uh, muscle to the size and getting even better. He's just I, I think this kid is going to be great this year. And he gets uh, wingers that include JVR and Voracek, which will help boost his or connecting. I mean, he's his top, his, his line mates are going to yeah. be great. Yeah. He's going to be he's going to be second center most likely. Although so that's it's going to be good. He does practice with uh, Rad Kogutis, so he may never be safe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the ice. Uh, sorry, sorry if that was a sore subject. Yeah, um, I think we're all agreed he's kind of goony. But uh, he practice with Gudis. Gudis practices with him. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, do you have anything you else? Gudis is Gudis is sister is. Oh, no, Gudis is married to Michael Neuberth's sister. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did actually. Michael Neuberth has fathered a child with Radko Gudis's sister. Yes, that's going to be an I'm interesting sure that's totally NHL fine. player in the future. <laughs> <laughs> because it He's will a be future axe thrower. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. What do you guys think of your uh, goalie situation between Neuberth and Elliot, and with uh, Carter Hart coming up? Do you think Carter Hart sees any time in the NHL this year? Uh, we talked about this this summer. I think Carter Hart doesn't see any time unless there's a serious injury and like there's a need. Ekstall being as the old uh, wait and see approach and not rush the guy. He's shown that numerous times in his career here as GM. Maybe not when he was about to drop the gloves or hit uh, Chelios in the back of the legs with a stick, but um, <laughs> when he was a goalie. But as GM, he's very patient and mild mannered, which is surprising if you ever watched him play uh, hockey in the league. <laughs> um, He's, I think a heart doesn't see any time this year. If he does, it has to be a really extenuating circumstance. Yeah, like realistically, Hart will probably start the year with the Phantoms, and then you'll have Elliott and Neuberth go into the season. And then uh, barring like any substantial injuries, Hart will get called up, but I don't think he'll probably ride the bench and they'll use him sparingly, if at all. I don't yeah. think they want to rush him in. Maybe a start versus like, you know, I don't know, who's a crappy team? The NHL has so much parity nowadays, I can't even name one. Yeah, Calgary. Yeah, sure, Calgary. Yeah. Can't even say the Sabres anymore. They're going to be scary soon. Right? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be, like, scary. Our guest last week will appreciate your uh, kind words for the Sabres. <laughs> um, well, as long as you didn't listen to our episode this week, because uh, we talked about going to Indiana in the Midwest, and uh, I believe we took a little dump on St. Louis for a second. Not the team, just the city. So <laughs> That's fair. Uh, That's fair. <laughs> I'm sure whatever you said, we've heard worse. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just before we kind of move on to a broader discussion of the division, what do you guys think is the finish uh, for the Flyers this year? Where do you think they finish in the um, division, and what do they do in the playoffs? 
You're making us do our homework and our final project. That's like a September conversation usually we do. Oh, geez. Well, right, you know. No barring on our actual stab episode. Stab right? into the wind. We're just bragging rights on the line here. We do a, a tally every year. And <laughs> last year I was right and made Jay, uh, Jeff, Jeff eat crap. <laughs> it's been a long day, people. Uh, so um, I don't know. I see the Flyers. I think they they should make the – unless there's any crazy injuries or they, they should make the playoffs. They need to. Um I think uh, if they don't make the playoffs this year, when everything should be going right, then it's going to be a serious look at uh, a shakeup, which I think would mean a coaching change or something like that. And I'm a guy who likes our coach. so I think the goal this year is win a playoff round. Yes. And all the players have kind of said the same thing. So anything less than one playoff round win would probably be a disappointment in mm-hmm. most people's eyes. And they should uh, place in the division again in the top three, I believe. That should be another goal because it should be better. Yeah. Um, I don't think the other teams in our division. Although this year, placing top three in the division, it was kind of a skewed number because the Devils and Blue Jackets lost on purpose. Well, that's true, yeah. So they wouldn't have to play the But players. I think they still should be able to place in like a top <laughs> yeah. three. No, there's no the reason division. they should be at the bottom. And that way they can get like, you know, a little better seating, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the right kind of range for mm-hmm. y'all. And I think you could be kind of a dangerous team in the playoffs with all the talent you have up front. Um, yeah, so I think from there we can just kind of, unless you have more to add, Ian, we can just sort of launch into a, a little broader discussion of y'all's division, uh, which alphabetically mm-hmm. and in no other way begins <laughs> with the Carolina Hurricanes, um, who, as you, as we discussed a little earlier, uh, finished with 83 points, 36, 35, and 11, which, uh, Let's get your take on this, guys. Is that above 500? Because we have a very strong opinion on this. Oh, yeah, no. Everyone just ignores those uh, overtime losses. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, I mean, let's say miss the playoffs. The NBA can be under 500 and still make it. Um, <laughs> That's mm-hmm. true. We just <laughs> slither in. We both, <laughs> exactly. We both, they slither into the playoffs. We both, uh, hey, oh. Hate calling that above 500 because, you know, they lost 10 more games than they won. Mm -hmm. But oh well. Um, Anyway, uh, they finished with a minus 28 goal uh, differential and were sixth in the division, 10th in the Eastern Conference, missed the playoffs for the ninth straight season. Nine seasons. Yikes. I would have thought it hadn't been that long. So no, it's been a while. I guess anytime you get one absolute miracle Stanley Cup run, you know, you stay there for life. Not like I the guess. Blues can judge them. So, <laughs> uh, so they have a lot of young talent. Sebastian Ajo, um, no, Jeff Skinner's not there anymore. Toivo Teravainen, which I never feel comfortable saying. Justin Williams is, certainly isn't young. Uh, lost Ryan Nordstrom Ward. Um, finally, is gone from Carolina, and now on the Blackhawks. Yeah, for some Chicago reason. signed him because why not? You know. Um, and the, the, their big offseason move was the obviously the Hamilton, uh, Furland, and Fox for uh, Elias Lindholm and, and Noah Hannafin trade, and then also the Jeff Skinner trade. Um, signed a couple of extensions with the Han Van Riemsdyk, signed Mrazek from uh, y'all, or at least who spent a while with the Flyers last year. Um, yeah, what do you guys think about the Hurricanes just sort of on the surface? 
Well, I think the team that Ron uh, Francis has built has been sinking for years. It's like the uh, Six Flags in New Orleans has just been abandoned and covered in water. Uh, that's a hurricane reference, people, um, in case you didn't know. Uh, so I, I don't know. I think that the team, uh, I haven't. I, although I haven't been scared of them from a playoff standpoint, they somehow have had a way the last couple of seasons to beat the Flyers in the regular season. It's really grinded my gears because they stink. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I think um, they have some moves here that could help them, although I think uh, signing Calvin DeHaan for that much money is going to make just even more of an uh, argument for Provorov's agent to say, yo, give my boy Provorov some money. Because mm. um, we saw that signing, I'm like, oh, boy. If he's making that much money, how much is Provorov going to uh, sign? And they got uh, JBR's brother, Trevor Bam Reemstike. There you go. You so, need to trade for him right away. The thing that gets me is they – had problems scoring goals last year, clearly. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they lost their one of their top scorers, um, and then they signed more defensemen. Yeah. I mean, Dougie Hamilton could score, kind of. But they definitely yeah. needed. And also got rid of Cam Ward. Not that he was blowing everybody away in Carolina still, but Mrazek, uh, here's a fun fact about Peter Mrazek. He'll play three great games. And then seven terrible ones. <laughs> but it's okay, though, because uh, Hurricanes fans only sell out the stadium at three games out of ten. That's right. And now Cam Ward's gone. They want to be selling anything. So they just fine. have to pick out, pick <laughs> the right ones. Uh, yeah, and, and they brought in, obviously, through the draft, Andrei Svechnikov, who's expected to be a, a prolific scorer. Um, but whether in his first year he'll do a lot better than Jeff Skinner has done the last few years uh, is hard to guess and probably won't. Uh, at least in his rookie year. Um, so, you know, unless he kind of transitions and just, you know, in a, some sort of uh, Matthew Barzell kind of explosive way, you don't expect to see them having a lot of scoring uh, threats, I don't think. Um, yeah, I mean, do you expect any big change for the Hurricanes now that, you know, Tom Dundon has challenged them to be tough, tougher to play against because he's a weird little man who owns a weird little <laughs> hockey team. <laughs> I, I think it's fair to think that like they can play tougher and still not make that big of an impact mm-hmm. in their a change of standings from last year. Um, you have to remember, too, the Hurricanes weren't always in the artist formerly known as the Atlantic Division, which they should have called it. That was very stupid. We've <laughs> been in the Atlantic Division for pretty much my whole life. Um, we're Metropolitan Division now. So they're in a division with uh, the last two Stanley Cup champions and the Capitals and the Penguins. The Blue Jackets always seem to have a good regular season. The Rangers, uh, not too good last year, but they've been good in recent years. And the Devils had a bounce back year last year. And, of course, you have our namesake, the Broad Street Bullies, the Philadelphia Flyers, who are on the upswing. So um, the Hurricanes, and, of course, the Islanders, too. I'm forgetting about the Stinky Islanders and Jay-Z Stadium. So I don't know. I think uh, the Hurricanes are still fighting for uh, you know not last place in our division when it comes to the end of the season. I could be wrong, but I mean that's why I'm a guy with the podcast and not a paid uh, a gig on the NHL Network. Yeah, the paid guys don't know any more than we do, though. So you know. Well, yeah, <laughs> Pro Rob wasn't a top twenty defenseman, so yes. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was. I want to say as an aside, I would I would pay to watch a reality series that was like Big Brother, but it was just Tom. Dundon and the senator's <laughs> owner, whose name escapes me at the moment. Oh, Melnick. Melnick, yeah. I was just big oh, brother style, it. just living in the same house, talking <laughs> about owning their franchises. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, Ian, you have anything to say about the Hurricanes or Jeff? Either one of you? I don't know. I wish I, I wish they were better. Defense, definitely win Stanley Cups. The Devils in the '90s proved that. However, 
the Hurricanes do not have Martin Rodor in the prime. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, not just Or the Traps. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know how well the Hurricanes are going to do. I think they lost too much offense right now to be an immediate threat. Yeah, I agree. And Rob Brendamore coaching them under the oversight of Tom Dundon. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a show. It's gonna be fun to watch. I mean, and, Brendan Moore's still the best in shape on the team, probably. That's probably yeah. true. Yeah, exactly. It'll be fun to watch. He has the longest nose on the team too, in a train <laughs> this is how <you> lift <laughs> in a train wreck sort of way. I think we all probably expect the Hurricanes to miss the playoffs again, um, just because your division is too good and it's a very distinct haves and haves nots between the. Top five yeah. and the bottom three right now. Their goaltending is just abysmal. I mean, last year they were first in you're, shots against allowed. You're saying you don't think Scott Darling is going to come back and take over the world? No, they allowed 28.9 <laughs> shots against per game, the lowest in the league last year, and they still got lit up. That's a goaltending problem. Scott Darling saves the world, starring Michael Sarah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, good God. No, Scott Darling putrid year last year 0.888 save percentage just terrible so bad they didn't do it they brought in peter morazic <laughs> so bad peter morazic gonna prove it deal because he's not gonna prove jack shit he's not gonna do anything um true. most likely true yeah he'll I, prove jeff's assessment earlier yeah, yeah, yeah exactly i i don't know that seemed like the thing they needed to do i know there's not necessarily like an amazing goalie just waiting in the wings for them to get but like they could have got robin leonard yeah i mean they could have they had options they had some options. Hint, hint. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be a train wreck, I think, pretty decidedly. For a couple of years, I've thought the Hurricanes were poised to kind of maybe bust through their own glass ceiling a little bit and mean something, and now I'm just totally off that they're, bandwagon. They're like the weird team I always think of. There's always one or two in the NHL that sort of they finish towards the bottom, they get some nice picks, they got some nice prospects that come up, and you're just counting down the days until that guy's gone and traded to another team. <laughs> like, it just happens every year. Every season, there's like, okay, that guy's on this team. It's going to be like, you know, how long does Svechnikov have before he's on a different team? I guess eight years or whatever the, whatever the minimum threshold is. Uh, so let's move on because we've already given the – Hurricanes more focused than they deserve. Uh, Columbus. <laughs> Columbus. Don't worry, all five Hurricanes fans are pissed at you. Know, they're they're, they're writing their letters. The beach. And probably, <laughs> probably very fine calligraphy because they have plenty of time on their hands. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets finished with 97 points last year, plus 12 gold differential. We're fourth in the Metro, as you pointed out, because they semi intentionally lost games or entirely intentionally lost games to avoid playing the Pittsburgh Penguins in the in the playoffs uh, and they ultimately played the Washington Capitals in the playoffs and lost in six games in a series that they at one point led two to nothing and had a puck ring off the post in overtime uh, so what might have been if the Capitals had lost that game, we'll never know. Uh, obviously the drama this season surrounding them has been our Timmy Panarin and their will they won't they saga of trading him, which it now sounds they like a won't they, <laughs> but he is gonna walk probably. He had eighty two points last year. Is it true that Seth Jones was their second highest scorer? Is. That's not good. <laughs> I, I mean, love it's Seth Jones, good. but that's not great. Um, I mean, Cam Atkinson was so low because he got hurt though. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. That's very true. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Pierre Luc Dubois kind of broke out last year. 
Um, lost some players. Jack Johnson's finally out of there. Matt Calvert That's and Ian. There you go. <laughs> Matt Calvert and Ian Cole both to Colorado. Thomas Vanek. Who I guess I guess that's where the carousel stopped for where Thomas Vanek will be traded this year because I had He'll no idea. We'll be going idea. back to the Islanders for Matt Molson. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, eight five. <laughs> uh, they re-signed Oliver Bjorkstrand and Boone Jenner and Riley Nash, etc. Anthony Duquair. Uh No real big moves. Um, you kind of pointed out, Jeff, that uh, Johnson was an addition by subtraction, losing him. What do you think? Uh, you want to elaborate on that a little bit? I just don't think Jack Johnson was ever really that good. Like the Kings, <laughs> the, the Pittsburgh Kings, Penguins traded for him. Well, no, the Penguins signed him in free agency. Oh, sorry, I'm we'll sorry. For idiot. way too much. It's like a five-year the Kings deal. Felt pretty comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> the Kings felt pretty comfortable throwing him into that Carter trade. So, and now watch, Jack Johnson's going to be the Penguins' best defenseman and destroy the Flyers every time we play them. Bill Guerin's going to make him. This is fun right now. <laughs> Oh, God. That's the narrative, you know, is that Phil Guerin will fix him, and I just, I don't know if I, I quite buy that I don't know if you Johnson. can fix him. At this point, he's just playing so he can pay off all the stuff his parents bought. Yeah, they <laughs> fixed him. <laughs> every, girl, every girl I ever met would try to say that to me. You're going to fix him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah did legit. they trade for him? And they, is that like what someone said internally? Well, we we would think Bill Guerin's going to fix him. <laughs> so you can't, you can't, like, tow that line out to fans. <laughs> don't We know he's broken. Don't worry about it. I didn't mean to step over that. That was a great reference. By Jeff because his parents spent like all his money. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, no, He's for the sure. Twin of the NHL, <laughs> like legitimately one of the saddest NHL stories I ever read <laughs> was just <laughs> when I learned that it was ridiculous. Um, I want to meet his parents. <laughs> I just do <laughs> the He's Bernie Madoffs of NHL parenting. Um, <laughs> so they have a defensive core built around Seth Jones, Zach Warinsky, obviously both. Great young defenders. I don't know that there's a lot more to be said about them. Um, what do you think? <laughs> I really like um, Pierre Luc Dubois a lot. I'm watching um, like highlights of him this year. He came out of the Provorov draft. I think the same year, a couple picks apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a good year for defensemen. Clearly, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I don't. I think the Blue Jackets are in a good spot. The problem with the Blue Jackets is it's a ticking time bomb for when they quit on Tortorella. Yes, uh, yes, or when Tortorella finally gets himself incarcerated, whichever yeah, comes first. On them. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like he. I feel like he has to have avoided so many DUIs. He has to. Like, I, he just seems like that kind of guy. I think his whole life is under the influence of some. I don't know what it <laughs> yeah. is, but just straight rage to the vein. How about him? Uh, speaking of Jack Johnson, cussing out Johnson on his way out. <laughs> that was a fun story this offseason. I don't know if you all remember that, but. He's quite a character, and it happens everywhere he goes. He got bounced from the Rangers. He got bounced from Vancouver. And I'm honestly surprised he's made it this far in Columbus. Well, he's one of the few USA coaches with a pedigree that's that been around long enough. He just has, like, you know, yeah. that lasting power. It's mm-hmm. because of his calm demeanor, you know, and yes. stoic influence on the team. <laughs> uh, you were talking about Dubois a little bit, Ian. You want to elaborate on that? Oh, just watching highlights of him. I think he's like an amazing player. He's got a really slick release. Like it's very, I don't know, I don't know if it's underrated. It's very deceptive. It seems kind of slow. Mm-hmm. And the, just in the body language he uses, and then it's right in the back of the net. I don't know, very stand-up sort of shot. You know, doesn't really lean into it that much. Uh, I just kind of like the pick. You know what? I liked the pick when they picked him because it was right before Montreal, 
and Montreal just like lost it because it was like a French name, but not to us. Mm, this will not do. <laughs> was Dubois also the one that was chosen before uh, Puya Yarvi? I believe so. Because that was one of our favorite moments was when Jesse Puya Yarvi heard that he was not chosen second or third or whatever he was supposed to be and just looked destroyed by the news. <laughs> As if being chosen fourth or fifth is the end of the world. Just slap in the face to that guy. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think they have a good team. Um, I think they'll make make the playoffs again. Do you all agree with that? Yeah, as uh, long as they can find a goalie to fill in for Bobrovsky in the playoffs, as we yeah. know from experience, <laughs> our former flyer. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, as long as they don't have two assholes that run the Broadstreet Boy podcast in the second row yelling, "Seth Jones, Nashville, hate it, you, you suck," <laughs> and then getting in their heads at a game in the past. I'm not saying who these people were. Uh, and then looked us right in the eyes. Yeah, he, might, yeah, he looked guesses. at us and gave us a stare down. <laughs> and then uh, I think Cam Atkinson scored the uh, game-winning goal that game. That's but it didn't awesome. matter because I had a snow day the next day and got drunk. But just, I mean, that person got drunk. But, uh, <laughs> I, think, I think the Blue Jackets will, uh, you know, they definitely are a playoff team. Uh, they probably will, but that's not set in stone because who knows what can happen. I mean, the, the Devils last year surprised a lot of people. And the Rangers also had a huge fall. And some people saw it coming, but not everybody. So I think the uh, Blue Jackets will um, – you know, they, I think your assessment of them being in a wild card spot is definitely a, a potential, like uh, for their like where they're at and as far as their development and their team, even with uh, some of their losses, like the great Jack Johnson, not the singer. I don't know how they'll survive without his smooth acoustic guitar riffs. They won't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned the the New Jersey Devils, so they're they're next. I guess we'll talk about them. I feel like they're one of the more interesting teams, and yet there isn't that much to say about them. Uh, Taylor, them. yeah, <laughs> Taylor Hall had forty one more points than the next closest player, who was a rookie who himself had eight more points than the next closest player, which is just preposterous uh, to think about. There's no no reason or, you know, there's no surprise that he won the uh, MVP for that performance. 97 points out of nowhere last year, um, fifth in the division, eighth in the conference, got uh, the gentleman's sweep from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um and that was about all they really deserved because the team is not all that good, <laughs> I don't think, from top to bottom. They're young. Um, Schneider was inconsistent last year. Uh, a lot. Yeah. And uh, Taylor Hall, I mean, he was really the whole story. I do like Nico Heischer a lot. Um, I think he's a, a great young player for them, obviously, first overall pick. Uh, Jesper Brat is pretty good as a role player. Uh, Will Butcher had a good season, but... Do you think uh, – so they lost just some of the players they lost, Michael Grabner uh, and Patrick Maroon, who I think were both free agent or, or yeah. trade acquisitions Deadlines. at some point, uh, and then Jimmy Hayes and John Moore. Um, do you think the uh, Devils repeat last year's success, relative success, or do you think they take a step back this year and maybe miss the playoffs? I think they're going to either do the same or worse. Yeah. Um, because, uh, like you said, they're not really that many great players in the team. The Devils always kind of have been like a boring team, even when they were winning. Uh-huh. They had a couple uh-huh. good players and like a great goalie. It was Bradour, the trap right. system, you know. But I, I don't know. I think uh, that they could very well do as well as they did last year and make it in uh, the playoffs. And uh, the hockey gods will smite them for losing games on purpose. <laughs> well, they got swept by uh, Tampa just like Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I will say this, though. I think Nolan Patrick will be a better player than Nico Heischer. 
I'm going to say it right now. You want to elaborate on that a little bit? I don't know. I just, uh, <laughs> I think, uh, I think uh, he's going to do better, and I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm putting my good mean, vibes. I'm not disagreeing with you, just for the record. Yeah, it's yeah. fine if you do. I just, I, I, just, I think he's going to um, just. I think uh, the the hockey ability is also. He was coming off the injuries and all that stuff, so they kind of put his stock lower because he was, he was going to be the first overall pick at one point. Yeah, he was Nolan the presumptive. Was consistently ranked higher as the consensus overall pick, and because he was probably number one for like two years or so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just injuries knocked him down. So I'm, I'm not saying Nico's not good. I just think for the Flyers, purposes of the Flyers, Patrick's a much better fit. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. I'm just going with better uh, because I'm a, I'm a dick. <laughs> I agree. So. I think. I mean, if I think if I'm a, a Devils fan right now, I'm really disappointed in my front office for not doing anything to support Taylor Hall uh, after he pretty much single-handedly carried. Uh, their team last year, they really haven't made any moves to get him any help in scoring. Well, and in fact, they let guys like Patrick Maroon, who, you know, we, we're excited to have him here and he's a hometown player, but we're not going to have any pretenses that he's a, mm-hmm. a superstar. But, it, you know, on a team that has nothing, he's a pretty good player and they still let guys like that walk. Uh, how do you feel about that, Ian, and about I- the devils in general i think they're just really hoping a lot of those young guys sort of fill that gap you might get a healthier marcus johansson a healthier um I kyle palmieri yeah both those guys had some injuries last year uh, johansson especially those are you know 40 50 point guys that they hope to have back and healthy so you know injuries be damned they hope to just have some of these younger guys like you know he sure brought zaka travis um, zajak cratered last year yeah, too. he did he kind of fell off a cliff i mean i know he's not you know a perennial scorer but it's kind of nothing happened with him you yeah. got will butcher um there's guys that are coming up i just don't know if that's going to uh you know close the gap per se this year i think there's going to be sort of a downturn for them before they kind of find their playoff success again yeah i think that's probably right i would not be surprised two, to see them miss things. the playoffs uh, don't sleep on miles wood uh miles wood mm-hmm. killed the flyers yeah he's a really Plus good player yeah uh, and second, I read actually today that the Devils were really interested in JVR, went hard to try to get him, were super disappointed that he signed with the Flyers, and then after all that, they realized they lost Maroon. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Mar- true. Maroon, who they offered a fair amount of money to, supposedly more than the Blues did, but because he's a hometown guy, just decided he wanted to come home. Yeah, so, oh, that's not bad. It's nice to win uh, one of those for, for once. So, yeah, and I mean, there's also a team that uh, passed on drafting the Ivan the Great Provorov and picked Pavel Zacha instead. How's that working out for you guys? <laughs> Don't know. Not wonderful. Not great. Uh, Miles Wood is a terrific porn star name. You have a full <laughs> support on that. Um, so, Miles of Wood support. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so we have the New York Islanders next, uh, and we can just move on. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, uh, can I just press something up for you real quick? Yeah. Need a new stadium. Get out of that Jay-Z stadium where you have an S- – they have a literal SUV as a mascot. Yep. I've seen uh, it, yep. Keep bars all. Sucks you lost to Barris. You have some other good players, but holy crap, you lost to Barris after all those years he was there, and you guys haven't done pretty much anything with him. And all your acquisitions, uh, mediocre at best. Yep. That's my take on it. I agree. I think uh, we kind of see what happens, too, when you have eight-plus years of a superstar and you spend only two months trying to prove to him that you deserve to keep him. Uh, you don't get to keep him. So <laughs> that's bad. 
that whole situation is a hundred percent on Gar Snow and his ineptitude. Oh yeah, he was terrible. And his big goalie pads. You, if you're <laughs> Gar Snow, you have to sit John Tavares down and say, "Give me an answer by the trade deadline, or I swear to God." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the, then Tavares was like, "Now nah, I'll give you one in the off season," and then that was, "I'm leaving." Yeah, yeah, there was no excuse for any of that. Yeah, it's a little too late for the Islanders that they fired Gar Snow and the other guy mm-hmm. uh, and hired Lou Lamorello. And then Lou Lamorello had to pick off the trash heap of the Island of Misfit Toys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And now they have, much like the uh, Hurricanes we were talking about earlier, now Matthew Barzell can be the player that we kind of watch and wait to see when he will be traded or something else. <laughs> yeah, like, poor Matthew Barzell is going to get so much attention this year without any John <laughs> oh, Tavares as a buffer. Be ugly. Uh, God forbid he have a sophomore slump. There will be literal suicides on Long Island. Um, yeah, they there already are. <laughs> probably. <laughs> they signed a bunch of also Rands and Lou Lamorella favorites. Oh, yes. Uh, Robin Lanier, who we talked about earlier, is a, a decent signing for a year and, and 1.5 million. Uh, but then a bunch of nobodies, Tom Kunakel, uh, your former Valtteri Filpula, uh, or Flipula, however, Filpula. I'm, I'm, I'm never <laughs> comfortable with pronouncing it. Leo Komarov, Ryan Pollock, Brock Nelson, Thomas Hickey. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> they traded for Matt Martin. They needed Matt Martin back. That they was the had, problem. Lou Lamorello knows you can't build a contender without Matt Martin. He knows it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just a dumpster fire. Is there anything more to be said about the Islanders? Honestly, Jeff, do you have any thoughts on them? It's just, it's real tough <laughs> that they lose their top center and their best defenseman in the same offseason. Yeah. That's true. I think people forget that DeHaan is gone. Yeah. yeah. I so, did. I, news from them. I don't see, it's going to take a while for them to dig out of this mess. They are, they other than the uh, Ottawa Senators, I would say they're the strong, or excuse me, the Colorado Avalanche by way of the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> they're the strongest contender in the um, Jack Hughes sweepstakes, I would say. You know what, though? They had a pretty good draft this year. A lot of the people are uh, Yeah, they really did. Uh, Wallstrom and I forget along. the defenseman. But yeah, who knows what's going to happen to yeah, I mean, miserable bastards. <laughs> I just think they are starting from square one which is better than the Senators who are starting from square like negative fives. They're still going down before they go up. Yeah. Exactly. You know our Jack Hughes pick to the Avalanche. Yeah, that's going to be so <laughs> Enjoy. Sad. I'm going to enjoy it, but it's going to be sad. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's go ahead and move on to the Rangers. The rags. Uh, very different, <laughs> but sort of the same story. Um which is nice to see the powerhouse is kind of humbled. Not that the Islanders have really been a powerhouse recently, but uh, Rangers finished surprisingly with 77 points last year. Uh, wrote that letter to their fans saying, hey, we're going to be sellers at the trade deadline, which was fun, I guess. Good I'm, for them. You know, if you're going to do it, be honest about it. Yeah, um, why don't you show your cards before you go all in on the last bet in the pot, you dumbass. <laughs> After the last installment of the season ticket money cleared. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I'm no sure, refunds, we're taking. I'm sure they were very particular about that. Uh, they got that, they made the McDonough trade, which I feel like they kind of got the short end of the stick on still, but I guess that depends on who they, um, who the, how the prospects develop. Uh, they re-signed uh, Nemesnikov as part of that deal, Jimmy VC. Uh, Brady Shea, Kevin Hayes, Ryan Spooner, um, 
which, you know, are all decent death players, but not any of them superstars. Uh, what are your guys' takes on the Rangers? I think all those uh, depth signings or re-signings were good just to keep, like, their, I guess it's the core they want to keep or, like, build around as far as there and just get, hopefully, to get, um, you know, maybe some more top-tier players or hope these players develop into top-tier players. But I think all those players are solid players in their lineup. Um, but like you said, they're not anything like uh, they're no like one player to build around. But I think those those are good moves by what they had to do. They couldn't let those guys walk, at least for now. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate Matt Zuccarello, um, but uh, I mean, he's he's an effective player. But I mean, Henrik Lundqvist is not getting any younger, even though he still looks dreamy as fuck. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just think um, the Rangers, uh, we had one of our friends come on the show. He's a, a comedian friend of mine. And he was a Rangers fan and he was livid he came on right after the letter was released and he was like how the hell do they do this to us like it was just uh, <laughs> like he, he was like on skype calling in because it was a snowy night and he could like he was kept cutting out he was like yelling so bad so rangers fans are pissed as they should be i guess but um when you try to win a cup by playing with six goalies every night under john tortorella it's not always going to work people i'm sorry yeah uh, so uh i don't think they do much better next year yeah. um they might do better than the hurricanes though so that's the only thing they have going for them. Was it you all who tweeted out the video of the Sports Center commercial with Henrik Lundqvist? Yeah, Swedish chef. Yeah, I just saw that <laughs> from that's you all. The, and that's it was the real problem. The Rangers don't have the heir apparent to Lundqvist yet, mm-hmm. and Lundqvist is getting to the end of that road. We can trade him Neuwirth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they have uh, that one guy. We saw glimpses of him last year. I think it was like Georgiev or something. Mm-hmm. Either way. He's not going to be the Henrik Lundqvist that drags teams to the Stanley Cup Finals yeah. just to lose to the Kings. Yeah, if if Henrik Lundqvist is the king, I think Michael Neuver is like a duchess or something. <laughs> <laughs> but he's very cute, and his sister is attractive. That's true. <laughs> Radko Gudas would know from experience. Uh, you have any thoughts on the Rangers, Ian? Uh, Henrik Lundqvist, while we're talking about him, gets really frustrated. We've seen him get very frustrated when the team in front of him supposedly isn't playing very well, up to his standards, so I'll say. the whole season, you're so, so what I'm, yeah, I'm interested how he feels about this season because this is probably the first time, as far as I know, that he's going to be on a team that's rebuilding. And can he I'm take it? I'm surprised he didn't ask for a trade. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. You know, there's always the talk about people don't like to move their shit, and I guess that's possible, but... He's got enough money that he can rent it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would think. Uh, yeah, I, I would be interested to see if he gets dealt in the next year or two before he's just really out of chances, um, which, as you guys you mentioned... You go play in Seattle like Marc-Andre Fleury did with oh, There you go. Oh, there yeah. it is. And he'll take... Them to the Stanley Cup, right? right to the probably. Seattle Supersonics. Why all the legal potty wants? That's what I did when I was in Seattle this summer. There you go. It's a win-win. He's all about it. Um, <laughs> speaking, speaking of Mark Andre Fleury, his former team, the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, finally didn't win the Stanley Cup for once this year, Yay. which was refreshing. It was just another team in the Metro that took it. Uh, 100 points, uh, second in the division, as is tradition, fifth in the conference. Uh, which is weird, but the points out how top heavy the the uh, Atlantic is. Um, beat your Philadelphia Flyers, unfortunately, in six games, but then lost to the Washington Capitals in six games. Um, the story hasn't really changed with the Penguins at all in terms of who the personnel is. It's still Malkin and Kessel and Crosby and you know Matt Martin behind them, Watang and Hornquist. Um, they did give that big extension 
recently, didn't they, to Hornquist? Or no, he's had a deal for a long time. Yeah. I don't know who I'm thinking of. Uh, they signed Jack Johnson, as we talked about, for five years at <laughs> $3.25 million a season. That makes no sense to me. Five years is way too much. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's two times too long. Uh, they signed Matt Cullen. Who cares? Again, uh, <laughs> so old. Resigned. Yeah, he's fine. Mm-hmm. Res- he can win faceoffs. Exactly. He's a Kyle Brodzak, but even older. Uh, he, they can run into, uh, he can run into Sean Couturier along the boards while the Penguins score in a clear interference penalty and seal the game six feet of the Flyers. Oh, sorry, I got over that. I was <laughs> I was livid at the time, just so you all know, if that counts for anything, which it probably it doesn't. right in front of our seats. We were at the blue line when it happened. We were like 20 rows up, so we had a perfect view. Holy shit, man. If I had uh, – if the, the they were still serving beer at that time, I would have bought three of them. Go back to this, but if the Flyers had won game six and went on to game seven, you found out once the series was over that Coots had a torn MCL, Provorov had a completely separated shoulder, like the grade was so high that most people don't even sit up with it or something ridiculous like that. He was crying on the bench in pain. Yeah, so the Flyers would have got rubbed by the Caps. Yeah. Yeah. Destroyed. That's a classic hockey injury right there. I can't walk or speak, but I'll play hockey because it's the playoffs. <laughs> Sounds like Eric Lindros' career. Well, there, was a, there was a turnover by Provorov in that game six that led to the Penguins scoring, and every, everybody was angry at him. Mm-hmm. And then in the postgame, he was like, ah, I turned it over because my arm went numb. Yeah. And my pass misfired. That's a, a decent reason, I guess. That's, you're going to have an excuse. Mm. I'd uh, say trade him for a bag of pucks. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make excuses and get out of here. Exactly. Uh, the, yeah, the Penguins are still good. Continue he, to be good. Yeah. They also traded Connor Sheary and Matt Hunwick away for a couple of picks. Not a big move. They, it was a salary dump so they could sign Jack Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> because they had to. <laughs> That's a sad statement. Uh, it's a no. sad <laughs> Do we expect any sort of change in narrative for the Penguins this year? Do we think their window's closing at all, or are they still a legitimate top contender? But there's no injuries. They're still, I think, a shoe in for the top three in the Metro with the Capitals and Flyers fighting for those spots as well. Yeah. If I can be uh, so bold to say the Flyers maybe, maybe get second and see where the Penguins and Capitals mm-hmm. fall, because I have no idea what's going to happen. Your thoughts, Jeff? Is a shell of himself. He's no longer the defenseman he used to be in terms of being yeah. good. Has struck a bad luck. But uh, oh, as long oh, as you have Crosby oh. and Matthew, you're pretty much. It's safe. okay. I had a heat stroke this summer. I can make these jokes. <laughs> True story. <laughs> it's a real penguins. Um, Flyers. Uh, Crosby and Malkin, you're always in it. And then if Kessel plays like he has been, and Horn Chris is the pest that he has been, yeah, the Penguins aren't going to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like They're I've done nothing. Where they should be. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've done nothing but bring up goaltending. Matt Murray last year, not so great, not fantastic. Two point nine two goals against average, point nine oh seven save percentage. You just you would hope that he bounces back from something like that if you're a Penguins fan. Um, you know, doesn't didn't have Mark Andre Fleury last year yep. to back him up. It gets a little scary back there, I think. It would be poetic if, after all those years of bitching about how Marc-Andre Fleury prevented them from winning more Stanley Cups, <laughs> if it turned out that Matt Murray wasn't the godsend that they all expected. Um, I assume you two gentlemen hate the Penguins <laughs> and their fans and everything they stand for, so I assume you don't mind me insulting them. <laughs> uh, I don't mind it at all, I, although um, I, 
I I hate the Penguins fans that were coming on, uh, you know, scene around the late two thousands when I was like, where the hell were you guys my whole life when <laughs> Ron Tugman was letting Keith Primo score a fifth overtime goal on your ass, motherfucker. But uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, the whole I mean, I get it, dude. Crosby's the best player, and it, it sucks. And he's uh, he was a whiny little bitch for most of his years when he started, and he still annoys the crap out of me. And even when he was an adult, going, I don't like them. They annoy me. I'm gonna take my ball and go home in post game uh, interviews. Like, dude, toys. yeah, he's just a gr- he's like a big baby. But I mean, also. He's one of the best players. I'm sure if he was here, we'd love him, but he's not. So I get to hate him. So screw you, Penguins fans. Uh, but we've had uh, Penguins fans on the show before. I mean, it, I could be civil, but, um, you know, it, it's fine. That's we yelled at some Penguins fans at the game, and uh, we made for afterwards, like, hey, we, we were just giving you a, a hard time because the game. Like, no, it's okay. You guys had a good season. They were yeah, very nice. You know, they, they, very, they knew what was happening. They were in Philly. We were giving them a hard time. They were very understanding because we were less drunk than 95 percent of the other people yelling at or the her. one guy was yelling stuff at her kid who was like 12 yeah. <laughs> and i was like yeah don't do that yeah we're not with him yeah because <laughs> he was looking at us for like support like no no just give us that we have a business card with the podcast no give us don't listen we well, listen subscribe but don't talk to us <laughs> <laughs> i don't care what you think just i just want i just want the free love and support that's perfect uh wow i also had lunch with some blackhawks fans yesterday so we're all we're all promoting yeah, well, the Blackhawks are a trash fire. Now. Yeah, so happy about that. Oh, yeah. That's true. We're feeling pretty good. <laughs> but compared to the Blues, it's always you know it's always they held, they heard Chelsea dagger enough that goddamn song. Oh, no, you can't go yeah. the Stanley Cups, but you can revel in their depression now. So exactly, yeah. beat and Michael Layton. Is that really a cup? Believe me, we will. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So speaking of the cup, Washington Capitals finally did it out of nowhere. From from the depths of being a President's Trophy contender once again, they uh, but not winning the President's Trophy for once. Uh, they finished with 105 points, first in the division, third in the conference. Ran through the Blue Jackets, Penguins, Lightning, and Golden Knights to win the Stanley Cup, and then uh, right right after the right after the parade. Ended and the drunkenness finally ceased, which was probably still a month after that. That's when the tires kind of fell off <laughs> and they started making signings they shouldn't have. Uh, you could argue John Carlson was a signing they shouldn't have, but it's the most understandable of them. Eight years, eight million per year. Uh, Tom Wilson, six four five point one six. Yeah, is you just don't appreciate the intangibles that <laughs> in the room he opens up for a Vetchkin. He always when he pulls out a stick of gum in a locker room, he always has enough for the whole team. <laughs> Between periods. I'm I'm glad you all were prepared for that. That was excellent. Um, they brought they That's traded off the cup, baby. It's what we do. Broadstreetboy.net. <laughs> they tr- broke a lot of the Caps fans were going. You don't understand Tom Wilson. He brings a lot to the lineup, he opens up room for players like Ovechkin and Kuznetsov. And my thought line was Kuznetsov and Ovechkin open up room for themselves. Yep. Mm. They're good. And, and everyone they're, else. They're not shying away from yeah. a contact. They don't need Captain Elbows to open up room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good old knee to knee. Uh, that's exactly. Uh, he's not good in any way. Um, <laughs> he brings intangibles to the lineup, but, but the guy who brings intangibles to the lineup is not worth five million a year. But yeah. I mean, when when the captain gives a victory speech, like I told you, we're not gonna fucking suck this year. What did he say? So, he said something like that. What did the mm-hmm. say? Yeah, it was we're not fucking on. It's hilarious. To suck this year or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was hilarious. But um, I was I, honestly I was happy to see. I mean, it's one of those things where Ovechkin's one of those generational talents, and mm-hmm. like you know, he will go down in the Hockey Hall of Fame, and you can tell 
the younger kids, whether they're yours or ones you're not supposed to be hanging out with at a birthday party, that uh, <laughs> uh, you got to see one of the greatest hockey players hoist a cup after years of not able to do it and look like he wasn't going to be able to. And the, the Caps window was supposed to be closed. Yeah. Pure elation. Yeah. In his face. Yeah, that's good to see. I don't like the Capitals, and Ovechkin pisses me off when he plays against them, but I can respect that as a player. I like, think that's... We, to be fair, I never hated Ovechkin as much as I hated Crosby. Of course. Yeah, I think we all lived sort of vicariously through his joy uh, through, yeah. through the entire parade and everything. It was it was awesome. It's the only time I've ever been happy for a commie, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> the one and only time. <laughs> uh, yeah, they also they also traded and then brought back uh, Brooks Orpik in a salary dump, traded Philip Grubauer. Dumped, I think they have an absurd goalie prospect in the wings, too, so nothing ever gets worse for them. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think... Classic maneuver. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like... Uh, they are the classic case of a team that wins a cup one year after they should have. You know, as you mentioned, their window was supposed to be closed, and now they're reloading with their cup team. We've talked about it a few times, and it's just not as an as elite a team as they've had in the past. I mean, Kuznetsov is wonderful. Ovechkin and Backstrom still had some great years. Holpe still does, but um, you think that? I mean, this year I don't think the story changes much. I think they're still, you know, easily top three in the division. But do you all expect them to have a long-term good future? Or do you think the window is still kind of closing for them? Well, I would wait for the next lockout. I assume there's going to be some kind of new compliance buyouts, and that's how they'll get rid of Tom Wilson. There you go. Good call. That's probably or they'll it. buy out TJ Oshie and the Flyers can sign him to add the final wing piece to their cup run <laughs> when Nolan Patrick is a four-year player, and that's what's going to happen in my fan fiction and Flyers world. <laughs> TJ Oshie, who will be 38 when that contract ends. It'll be a two-year deal, like a Yager kind of thing. It's going hey, to help for you. Out. It's great. I'm just saying for the for the Capitals currently, he will be 38 and being paid like six million dollars when that contract ends. <laughs> All Not right, great. Buzz Killington, jeez. <laughs> we got to riff on TJ Oshie. We love him too much. It's yeah, a love-hate it's relationship. A, it's just a sincere, like, Oh, I forgot. Situation. He was a blues player. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, now you guys was. got the blues about him. Not yeah, being Ken Hitchcock Boom. ran him out of town. Had to get the one blues. Not so much ran, more gobbled his neck. Yeah. <laughs> Ken Hitchcock running players out of town. The Flyers know what that's like. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we got a little commonality. <laughs> Ken Hitchcock, the best part about that was he was, like, asked about uh, the former Blues players, Perron and and Oshie particularly, both of whom he not quietly hated while they were in St. Louis, and he just had to glow with praise about them during the Stanley Cup last year, and it was was very fun to see him openly two-faced about it. He's Uh, a a good coach. He's just a little uh, little, little aggressive. How do you feel Mm -hmm. about if if you all have if you all haven't heard, had a chance, uh, Joel Edmondson was on the Paul Vissonette uh, Spit and Chicklets pod- podcast, and uh, it's great. They talk about Hitchcock and the players just absolute <laughs> fuck you attitude towards him, and it's delightful. So he didn't we'll dump sh- it in well enough. <laughs> He's like Tortorella. <laughs> <laughs> we'll share that link with you all so you can have a laugh. Uh, anyone have any further thoughts on the Capitals? Uh, congrats to them. Uh, they could easily be in the top three, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they are fighting for a wild card spot. They should make the playoffs, though, judging by how I think the Penguins and the Flyers and Caps are probably the three favorites, I think, to be in the All top the of the Caps division. All the Caps' main pieces stayed. Yeah, for the most so, part, yeah. 
they just have to not have that hangover and uh, you know keep keep on keeping on and hope Holpe still plays the way he was playing. Yeah, mm. that's we didn't talk about him. Holpe is a very big part of that. He's just kind of quietly been there and been great for them. Mm-hmm. Do you have Which any further thoughts? Time. The last couple of playoff runs, he's the Caps fans have hated him. Well, the same thing with Penguins fans. What Caps fans? Well, yeah. They don't remember who Olaf Kolzig was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only the goalie. You know, you can always blame the goalie. That's the nice thing about hockey. Well, the Flyers have for a long time, and actually for a while, we had a right to. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> when you've got, you know, Michael Neuver back there and Steve Mason, you've got you've got a reason to. Yeah. Uh, you guys talk to the Blues uh, GMs. Maybe they want to trade for Michael Norvell. I'm really trying to trade Michael Norvell. There's any GMs listening to this. He's a great goalie when he's healthy. <laughs> We're not pouring on him. We're not dumping on him. He's been phenomenal. Uh, you guys have any further closing remarks about the Flyers or the division as a whole? Uh, I'm just really excited for the season. I, I can't wait to see JVR back in orange and black. I can't wait to see this team take that next step. I think they're on the cusp of it. Um, I'm not saying win a cup. I'm saying, like, be a playoff team and a contender and then get that experience and maybe add some more pieces, whether it's through prospects or moving some prospects you have that you have an abundance of like defensemen and making a move. I think the flyers are in a good spot right now. When we started the show a couple of years ago, it was a lot different. We still have Daniel Cavalier on the team. So yeah. I, I'm looking forward to the season and I think uh, <laughs> flyers fans should be happy looking forward to what's going to happen. Those were different you guys won the Super Bowl, too. <laughs> Did you? I hadn't heard. The first, the first year in the three years of covering the team where we're going into a season and I am legitimately excited thinking that we can at least win a playoff round. Yeah, not like excited, like, oh, I can't wait to watch hockey and I love watching the Flyers no matter what. It's like excited, like, ooh, what's going to happen? We actually have a chance at some shit, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those things. That's excellent. I'm excited for you all. I've, I haven't mentioned it on here. Well, I've mentioned it on other episodes, but the Flyers are kind of my favorite, second favorite team, my favorite non-Blues team. So I'm pulling for you all. Um, oh, man. You should talk. We should have. We would have been waiting. I was kidding. We would have been waiting. <laughs> <studio. I'm just laughs> love Danny Breer. Love the team. Love the orange and black. It's all great. It's, it's all it's good. worse because for so many years, the Flyers have to fight from under that. You know, they signed a bunch of uh, Steve Downey's. And, uh, you know, just what a Steve Downer, Dan Carcillo and like Hextall since he took office in, I think, what, 13, 14. Yeah, around 13. Yeah, But he's the whole team, completely different makeup. But Mm -hmm. everybody gets the you threw snowballs at Santa Claus and batteries at JG. Yeah, but we still have heart snub uh, Claude Giroux (laughs) all in my heart. I want you all to succeed for this season, if for no other reason than that we can't afford to have. Ron Hextall and Dave Hextall break up. Um, and I assume you would consider firing Hextall. the fuck so. out of me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think that wraps it up. I want to thank you guys for being on here with us. Uh, you want to go ahead and plug uh, where we can find you, where our listeners can find you again for us? Yeah, of course. Hey, thanks for having us, guys. This was a lot of fun to just talk about the division and everything else, and I, how I kind of made the Flyers look like they're going to do great. But we're the Broad Street Bully <laughs> Podcast. We're Uncensored Flyers Podcast. comes out every Thursday morning at BroadStreetBully.net, which is under construction right now as we add our new website redesign with our new writing staff taking over with more content coming your way. That'll be on BroadStreetBully.net. That's BroadStreetBully.net. you got to say it three times so they remember. <laughs> uh, also, at the BSB Podcast is our handle for our Instagram, our Twitter, and our uh, Snapchat. And you can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Google Play, 
anywhere you get podcasts, except for Spotify, because we're a bunch of bastards. <laughs> they don't get back to our emails. Maybe it's in the future, but I think you can find us pretty much anywhere. Your Android app, and uh, we love tweeting about the uh, game and having a good time and just starting shit and just you know we just like to keep it light and uh, really make fun of Jeff a lot. Usually, um, usually when our third co-host is here, we uh, just makes a lot of animosity between me and Jeff. We've been <laughs> relatively civil tonight. It's like it's like when the kid comes over, like me and Jeff, our marriage goes awry. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, Jeff. You have any final words? Uh, no, Drew's. That's about right. Usually, Doyle, our third mic, uh, will just polarize one of us against the other one. So. Yeah, and that's what makes the show so fun. And all my Cold <laughs> War references, my dumb characters, and my insatiable appetite for making myself look like a slob. That's excellent. <laughs> the few episodes I've heard are a ton of fun. You guys get into a ton of off the wall conversations, which it's good balance, you know, it can't, especially yeah. in the off season, it can't all be okay, I'm on Tinder anymore. Those were a couple of rough years. <laughs> <laughs> I would think that beard would play very excellently on Tinder, but perhaps oh, it did. And I, uh, and a girl, uh, listened to our show and it's like, Oh, so listen to your podcast today. I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I feel uh, like an idiot. I didn't realize there was other girls. I'm like, well, it was, you know, remember that whole thing, Jeff? Yeah. That was, so we, the show has had a big, big part of my life, whether it's been good or bad the last few years. Let's just say someone went on a Tinder date with a knife. <laughs> oh yeah funny good episodes we have a top we have a hundredth episode like clip show extravaganza so if you like the chicanery on the show go listen to those and say wow these guys were just grew up listening to shock jock radio when they were younger and decided to make a flyers podcast <laughs> what a bunch of facts. that's us that's awesome i can't wait to listen to that myself uh thank you guys again for coming on and we're going to help people make sure people follow you on Twitter at the BSB podcast and they can find everything else through there. Thank you guys for being on here. We really enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks. Oh, yeah. Thanks. You guys were awesome, Stephen Ian. Uh, good luck to your blues as long as you're not playing us. And uh, we will forever keep Ken Hitchcock in our hearts. It's <laughs> oh, the only way you can <laughs> How keep How can them. you not? Yeah, you need several hearts to <laughs> This is probably going to fail. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. Have a good night. All right. See you later, man. Bye. Thanks, Stephen. That was great. Um, thank you uh, again to uh, to the guys for joining us. It's been a long night, everyone. Uh, no, I think Drew and Jeff were wonderful guests. They were. Um, what a glowing interview. Just excellent. I enjoyed it. I like hearing a lot Blew about Blew Anthony out of the water. <laughs> he was terrible. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> they were different. Everyone's uh, different and brings a unique flavor to the two guys no cup podcast. No, yeah, honestly with with all three of those guys, I'm thrilled that we have started having guests now because I mean, it's not going to be an every week thing because God knows you wouldn't want to interrupt our brilliant commentary, <laughs> but um yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a fun change of pace and and all three of those guys have brought a lot of brilliant insight um yeah i think it's a i think it's a bright future for philadelphia uh we talked a lot about it on there sean couturier is is a great player um to rise you know kind of the same way shin has made our real top tier talent look better Mm -hmm. um i think couturier is doing the same thing alongside you know voracek and Giroux, who have been their their top class players for a long time now um, and yeah, we talked about, but I think their, their big question mark is just goaltending. How well mm-hmm. will it hold up, uh, to what extent, if any, will Neuvert be able to support him? Um, but yeah, we talked about all that on there. Any other thoughts about anything? 
I'm slowly starting to get to, I think maybe it'll be the next podcast we record. I'm slowly starting to get to finally being kind of ready for hockey. Maybe it'll be the icebreaker. I know we do this podcast. We're diehard hockey fans, blues fans, but I do like having the summer to just kind of, you know, reset and you get to kind of relax a little and you're not on with watching hockey all the time. But I slowly, slowly but surely get back in the mode of like, ooh, I'm ready for it. And I know a lot of people around St. Louis probably aren't ready Mm -hmm. because the Cardinals are hot, 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 salsa, hot, all the things about salsa. Ian knows the Cardinals very intimately. Yeah, there's salsa. You can, and there's winning, and that's what Cardinals. And that's do. what the Cardinals do, winning baby. And salsa—that's <laughs> what Cardinal Nation does. does. <laughs> but uh, but I'm ready. I'm slowly getting ready for hockey. I, I really do think the icebreaker will kind of put me over the edge. Like, all right, now let's just go. Much like SpongeBob, he's ready. He's ready. He wants those boots. Um, <laughs> That's all there is. Uh, yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, we're both excited for fantasy to kick off, not just our own league that we hope to start. Please let us know on Twitter, people. Please, <laughs> if you're interested, drum up support. We can't wait. Um, but yeah, uh, we have another league that we've been in for a few years together. Um, so that's exciting, and just I'm I'm excited as much as I love our off season content. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed actually breaking down games and studying exactly. them and watching them. So I'm excited for that. I'm really excited for Traverse City. That's going to be a ton of fun. Bring on Robert Thomas. Oh, bring it on! Is he going to be a better number thirty six than Matt D'Agostini? I don't. <laughs> I don't know. When you set that up, I was trying to think who was the hell was our last thirty six. I don't know. Um, yeah, he will be. I'm go- I'm gonna go out on a limb and say slightly better. Although I loved Matt D'Agostini for a period, and till he broke your heart. That's true. He did, and he left, and he went someplace, Pittsburgh. Yeah, then he's like, it was in the Italian league. And, How did you that know, happen? I looked it up the other day on Wikipedia. He How had did like he end almost up in a, Pittsburgh. He had like Pittsburgh. a twenty-something goal season here, and then he had like a. 10 goal Matt season. Matt D'Agostini wasn't crazy. He was just a little unwell. <laughs> Matt D'Agostini used to be part of the three part trade for anything for the Blues online. Oh, we've it was got Matt D'Agostini. Adam Cracknell, maybe? No, Matt D'Agostini, Ian Cole, and like a third round pick was like the trash heap of like, oh, yeah, 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 that'll get us Malkin. <laughs> like, they want Matt D'Agostini. And then it slowly got turned into like D'Agostini and Ratty. And it was a bunch of junk. But I always remember Matt D'Agostini is worth enough for anybody to be on the trade market for. That's true. That's true. But let's see how far we've come <laughs> from Matt D'Agostini to Robert Thomas on the 36s roll on. If they don't play any Matchbox 20 songs when if Robert Thomas m- is in this t- on this team... A waste. This, this. Uh, what would you call it? entertainment side of the blues is a dumpster fire. Yeah, I would. I would agree, and I would add that if Robert Thomas is gone, maybe it's time to come. Home. <laughs> <Damn> <laughs> All right, we've gone too far. This podcast has rolled on too long. Uh, we will be back in two weeks with the Pacific Division, as it's now called. Um, <laughs> as it's now called for the past five or so years. Um, 
And uh, we don't have a guest lined up, but maybe we'll find one between now and then. If you know the Pacific Division really well, hit us up. <laughs> exactly. If you're listening, <laughs> don't lie to us. If you're listening out there and you're Dan Carlisle, give us a call. Us quack, up. quack, <laughs> quack. Uh, good night, everybody. <laughs> Sayonara. Quack. <laughs>